on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Matt and Nick will hopefully be joined by Brian Sype, an award-winning makeup artist with a crazy amount of pop culture franchise credits, including The Mandalorian. After the interview, the dudes will keep the Star Wars talk going by covering some of the juicier quotes from Total Film's Kenobi coverage. They'll also talk about a little acolyte rumors and some new casting headed to that series. And don't forget, they're also going to touch on Star Wars Ragtag, a.k.a. Amy Hennig's Game. Of course, the show will end with the fan segment featuring Question of the Week responses and the latest Star Wars fan artist features. Punch it, Chewie! Hey now, everybody, and welcome back to a special and brand new edition of the Star Wars Time Show. And I know all of you are always asking when I break out big words like special, why is it, Matt? Well, if you're on the live stream, and I don't see too many of you yet, but I know you'll be here, we have a fantastic guest. This is award-winning, Emmy and Saturn Award winner, Brian Sype who is a makeup artist and uh, also at times on certain productions runs that department. Is that not, is that correct? Brian, you, 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 you do like makeup and hair. You kind of the department head at times. Yeah, that is great. Although I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a hair person, so I'm not a hairstylist. So I won't, <laughs> won't ever claim to be, but um, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, specialty you, makeup. Makeup artist to the stars and in particular has has worked in the Star Wars universe, but has also, as you can see, like I said, if you're on the live stream, I have uh, his website up with some of his feature film credits, at least recent ones. But we're talking Marvel, DC, Terminator, you name it. Brian Sype has been involved. So um, super excited. Star to Trek, too. Yep. Star Trek. For our fans. Uh-oh. It's Star Wars. Uh-oh. We're going to have a fight here. <laughs> Well, we, we know we know Brian likes Star Wars better. He, he, he doesn't have to say it out loud, but we, we know deep down that he likes Star Wars better. So welcome to the show, Brian. I, I, as we said before we went live, uh, I first found out about you from uh, Dominic Pace, who is an actor that uh, I guess you, you two have known each other or knew each other. And uh, just it was kind of like uh, happenstance. He showed up and you were doing a makeup test on him and... Uh, one thing led to another, and and he got a, a little bit part in the first season of The Mandalorian. So, it, it's yeah, it's yeah. good to finally get you on the show to talk to you as the one that well, thank you that hooked him up, but also has had a, a very impressive career in Hollywood, both in film and TV. Uh, like I said, for those of you diehards out there, if you've been watching the Mandoverse shows, The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett. You have seen Brian's name in the credits, and I always like that you you get a nice prominent billing. Uh, it's always a big Brian Sype. You're not you know included in some of the smaller <laughs> credits, so yeah, which I understand. I think that's kind of you know unheard of uh, for TV, um, but um, you know we kind of kind of volleyed for it, and you know we're able to get it. And yeah, I, you know, I share the credit. I'll share the credit with you know Alexi Dimitriou and uh, Maria Sandoval. Uh, yeah. uh, co makeup designer and uh, the hair uh, hair department head. Well, y'all, yeah, rightfully so. You all deserve it. And, and like I said, not this is the first time we've met. We're meeting virtually, but just 
knowing your name through Dominic and seeing your work in the Mandoverse and Book of Boba Fett, it always brings a smile to my face to see your name up there. So, like I said, it's, it, it's a big get to, to have you on the Star Wars Time Show. So, uh, uh, no, thanks. I appreciate uh, appreciate you guys reaching out and and you know the. Uh, the tenaciousness of reaching out. I know that it's been a long time coming. <laughs> well, yeah, our, our our PR guy Spencer, he's kind of like a pit bull. We 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 keep him locked up in a cage. So you know, if he got a little too pushy, let us know, and we'll make sure not <laughs> no, to get no, dinner no, tonight. No, 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 not at all. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's good. No, it's good. It's a. Uh, it, it, you know, sometimes it's needed. You know, all right. Just, you know. So um. Let's kind of get into this. You know, we don't like to do traditional interviews like, hey, how was it working on Star Wars? I mean, sure, that'll probably come up. But we first like to kind of get an idea of your own possible fandom for Star Mm. Wars. You know, it is a Star Wars podcast. We we tend to want to talk about Star Wars every once in a while, even though, you know, Nick and I sometimes go on very odd tangents about non-Star Wars. But (laughs) you personally, Brian... have you have you been a fan of Star Wars or was it, you know, just working on The Mandalorian? It was, you know, it was another great gig working for Lucasfilm. Or did you do you have some past connection to the franchise, either as a fan or um, other jobs I mean, in the past? I, I mean, you know, as a, as a fan, um, you know, I mean, I don't know, what was I, 11 or 12 when the first one came out? And, you know, and I remember going to see it. You know, a friend of mine took me there. Uh, he'd already seen it. And... Um, you know, and just, you know, blown away, you know, again, like everybody else, it was, you know, you know, universe that, that really hadn't been explored, like in some of the in the movies at that time, you know, and, and, and it really did change the way movies were made, you know, the way the to- stories were told. And, um, but I remember <laughs> that same friend, he, I remember him getting the, was the album uh, of the, uh, the story of Star Wars or something like that. And we would play it on the record player and then like, him, my sister, and myself, we would like act out all the parts and just, you know, do do that. And, um, you know, I used to practice drawing and I think I still have some of my drawings somewhere of like, you know, my, my attempt at like R2-D2 and Stormtrooper and um, Darth Vader. And uh, so it was, I mean, it captured, you know, uh, captured my attention, uh, captured my interest. Um, I mean, it wasn't until much later that I kind of decided to get into this, get into makeup, right. uh, especially makeup, because I, you know, I, I was just a kid. And I guess three or four years later, I realized that uh, it, it, it was a job that somebody could do. So it sounds like you, you kind of got into it through friends and family, which which is an anecdote that I think a lot of us share, uh, which, yeah, again, yeah. speaks to the power of, of Star Wars. I mean, I, I still think... I just, and just seeing the movie itself, you know, right. and I, I don't remember how many times I saw it. Um, but it was, I remember, it's funny that this never happens anymore, but this uh, particular theater in um, Beaverton, Oregon, uh, area where I grew up, um, I think they are, they're known, to, I guess they, they played it longer than any other theater in the United <laughs> States. Like it played for, you know, like three three years, years. Just, yeah. Some, just yeah some crazy thing like that it's like making money it like, we're not pulling it it was always on the big screen and and you know and, and <laughs> i mean like how when do you see that it's just like you're I lucky know. if you get like a two-week run in the theater now before they throw it to the red well box. you're right i mean i i was just thinking about that when you're saying it you'll, you'll never see that again because these days no. i mean especially with warner brothers movies it's you get 45 days of box office and then it's going to our streaming platform and that that's what just happened with the Batman. So that that is interesting to think. I was also thinking about yeah. back then you actually had to 
fight people for seats. You couldn't reserve your seats yes. like we can now. You've been standing in a long Ugh. that long always was going around the block. Always. <laughs> Some of these newer generations. Even a year after. A year after it was still going. Yeah, so. these 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 new generations just don't know the sacrifices we used to have to make to go see a film. <laughs> know. You know? I mean come on, we had to we had to buy paper tickets at one point in time, people. I know. You couldn't pre I mean, yeah, yeah. No pre orders, none of that stuff. Like, yeah. When you could actually yeah. buy your seat. Oh, I want that one. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it, it, the movie going experience, at least in my opinion, has gotten a lot better these days. Um, yeah. You know, maybe yeah. I don't know about you all being in the industry. I'm sure you'd like more people to uh, get back in theaters or I don't know. Maybe you've been seeing some of the benefits of, of streaming these days, especially you with um, some of the Star Wars recent Star Wars series you've worked on. I guess that is a question. Do you do you kind of like the way Hollywood is changing or did you prefer the old days of there were movie stars, there I mean, were TV stars, there were movies, there were TV shows? I mean, there, there's something grand about, you know, like the theater and, and going there. It used to be, you know, where, you know, um, until it started getting really expensive right. for a family of five to go out, uh, you know, so that, I think that, you know, as a, as a family person, I think that's when you start appreciating, you know, like the whole streaming service, because then you can just like, hey, great all point. This, <laughs> yeah. you know, Marvel Redenbacher going over there, we're going to have some, you know. Right, right. Th the throw the popcorn show. bag in the microwave. Yeah. We're not spending $10 yeah. on an AMC yeah. large, large <laughs> box. So, yeah, I mean, there, there, there is there's benefits to both, I could see. I, I just yeah. don't know if it's affected... I would assume for, you know, the, the movie stars out there, it might affect the way they'd been getting paid in the past versus how they get paid now. But I think it, it did. And then there's been a lot of you know, the last few years, you know, when, when contract negotiations come up, that's been like one of the big, um, I think this last year, they, I think they got a big win over that because earlier in the contracting, it was, I mean, they didn't know what the internet was. They didn't know what right. streaming would be so that there wasn't anything that really covered them. So I think there's been a few years now that they just kind of got, you know, screwed. Um, but I think they've kind of, you know, righted that course a little bit. No, you're right. Cause it was, uh, I think this fall or winter, there was a big showdown where, where they thought yeah. a lot of productions were going to be halted because of that contract and getting language yep. in there for Better working conditions for the non-stars, but also mm -hmm. streaming considerations and yes, and how that yes. should be paid out. So interesting. Do you find yeah. that has has the shift affected your department at all, or is it still you're just going to work making uh, just you know making a movie work. or a TV <laughs> show? Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I mean, yeah, uh, it it does in some of the way you know for, that our union you know oversees what you know what what happens on set for us and, and you know tries to take care of us but um you know i mean a lot of us we're just we're here, i think we're here just because of, of, of the passion of it all right you know um you know we just we just do we just do it <laughs> you know are you all as, as a makeup artist are you in sag or do you have your own union i do have i am in sag um uh, as a sag puppeteer you know from years ago uh sleepwalkers got me in i think all right um and uh and and a 706 uh, union makeup artist got awesome. you all right i have one question off the back of this tv versus movies thing because you've been in huge stuff on both the tv side and the movie side so with the, a show like the mandalorian that's almost unheard of you're talking you know multi-millions of dollar budget per episode direct to streaming how does something like that like the mandalorian compared to like a huge budget movie like 
Terminator, Dark Vader, X-Men, Dark Phoenix, something like that. Do you still have like the same, you know, quality of work you would, or, you know, quality of materials now that the TV end has exponentially increased in its budgetary range? I mean, it's, uh, that, you know, that, that's the rub going from film to TV. Um, I mean, the one thing that, you know, the creatives did at Lucasfilm was to, I mean, a lot of the people they hired, they brought in in lead positions. I mean, we're all film people so that we, we all have a standard, you know, we can, mm-hmm. and, and, and they have a standard, you know, and, and I think they knew that like we weren't going to come in any other way. So, you know, we have to rise to the occasion, you know, in some way, shape or form. Um, you know, I mean, that, that's like the big thing. I mean, because, you know, budget's always going to, you know, be a factor. Um, but schedule scheduling is always like the biggest factor of, yeah. you know, TV show. It's like, okay, we got a script and this is what we're doing next week. Or this is, you know, uh, a lot of the times they've already mapped out the season. So they know if something big is coming up and they try and get ahead of that. But there's uh, oftentimes where it's like, okay, we're going to do that big scene now. We need, you know, 12 aliens, two humans with, you know, whatever, and, you know, uh, and go. Um, and uh, then it's just, you know, just going. <laughs> On your feet, yeah. So yeah. I guess uh, that uh, you said something interesting. I, I, wh- how do they, is it, do you work with the concept artists to kind of come up with some of your creations, or do they give you carte blanche to figure out what an alien character may look like? Uh, both. Um, they have uh, the one of the main artists, uh, pr- uh, production artists, is a, a Doug Chang. He works out of ILM, of and course, he yeah. uh, he does. You know, he, he oversees a lot of the the main things, the big things, and 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 he's the one too. If I if I do something that I I, I go through him, and you know, and, the, and then the other creatives, so that it still makes sure that it feels Star Wars. You know, make sure that it fits in this place. So that they place. still have to sign off. But have have you done yeah. something? And 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 oh, let's yeah. just say Doug's like, "Damn, Brian, that is awesome. Thank you for doing uh, that. You I made mean, my design better. Do you remember any moment it, like that?" Um, you know what? I don't know. Um, I think that he. I mean, he always seemed pretty happy with everything that we did, and you know, and, and translated. Um, he, you know, he can be very specific, and you know, uh, so it was. Uh, it was easier the first season uh, when we were all in one place. You know, trying to. It's a good point. I forgot you, know, you, convey, you had a COVID season, video, right? You know, photos to, to convey what the sculpture is. You know, it's hard because of COVID. Yeah. Um, you know, because if you're standing in front of it and you can look and see how the lights hitting it, you know, it can, it, it's different. Um, but uh, but also part two of that was yeah. I mean, there was there would be a lot of things where I was like, okay, we need a bunch of aliens for this scene. You know, for Garza's palace or for the Fight Club. You know, and then it would be you know. Uh, pulling stuff out of my, you know, my past, you know, like old molds or something. How can we reuse this? Or how can we do this? Or we can stack prosthetics on top of each other to create something. Or the first season, um, uh, myself and, and a few of the team, we just sat in the trailer cutting foam pieces, kind of old school, and and gluing them on bald, cap, bald caps and then gluing another bald huh. cap and sandwiching them and trying to make headpieces and just to try and, uh, you know, change the silhouette so that it just wasn't all humans. Um, Right. And, uh, you know, it's doing designs, you, you know, myself and Alexi, uh, we would, you know, do designs either in Procreate or uh, I like Forger on my iPad. You know, it was like a real nice 
fun, fast, simple. So you, you can uh, also draw pretty well then. Is that, that what we're getting at? You, you are also, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not that artistic, but, but I mean, you know, with, I, I all I gotta say is the iPad and, and some of the, uh, um, some of the apps in there, uh, it helps me and, uh, Got it. you know, it helps me a lot. So, but like Forger, I think is a great one just because you, you, it's a 3d sculpting thing that you can kind of push things around quickly. And, um, it, uh, you know, within an hour I could have a shape to convey, you know, and, and a lot of it, that's Got what it, it was. And, um, uh, you know, so we would do that, get the hair, you know, hair department involved, pull in hairstyles and we'd have to, you know, show them, you know, so many pages of, okay, this is what we could do. And then they would, yes, no, yet not that's Star Wars, that's Star Wars, that's Star Trek, that's Harry Potter, Ooh. that's Firefly, <laughs> that's Firefly. I mean, awesome. yeah, they, would, they, they were very, very specific on what, you know, they wanted to see and they knew, you know, what they felt was Star Wars and what was not. Did they so. break out? See, I, I, am, I only asked this because of all the, the studying I used to do of the prequels and the behind the scenes and watching George Lucas. Did they break out his stamp? Where he goes around, like um, he'd actually go and stamp stuff that he approves. Did did you see yeah, the stamp? No. Are they still using it? No? <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't know that. That's funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. Um, like, because I, I I can only imagine. I mean, I have zero artistic ability, but I can only imagine. You know, people like you in the in the makeup wing and the artists. It must be nerve wracking to have someone like him walk into a room and you're all kind of doing like a show and tell. And yeah. hey, is yeah. is the man going to approve my work? Yes or no? And he yeah. just comes yeah. through. And he's yeah. like, no. Well, I mean, yes. You know, no. he, came, <laughs> he came down a couple of times, but I think you know that he's pretty much you know, um, I mean, he's passed the reins off, you right. know, and so he's got it. You know, he's yeah. got a couple of. So you know, were you on? Were you on set the days he visited? Then. Yeah. Yeah. What what was that yeah, like? Just the atmosphere. I mean, was everyone just like, "Ooh, George is here, George is here," or was it I just kind of re- the different. same day, different, <laughs> different week? Yeah, no. I mean, it's a different atmosphere because obviously it's it. You know, it's you know, this is the creator. You know, he's right. kind of walking in, and he's the one who you know he's he's why we're here. Yeah, um, you know, so it's it's very it's interesting. And and then I remember one time they were uh, sitting around Video Village, and um, I was kind of walking by. I think it was touching up somebody and you can just kind of hear him talking and talking about, you know, the, everything about the Jedi and talking, you know, it's just kind of neat just hearing the perspective from, right. you know, the mouth. And, um, yeah, it was, it was it's got, neat, it's pretty- gotta be almost surreal. I mean, I, I don't know like how big of a star Wars fan you, you ended up becoming, but I think just being in the industry and knowing what that that, yeah, that yeah. man has done for everything, like just how yeah, he's yeah, uh, yeah. you know increased the technology that's used, sound design, video production, and almost everything he's had everything, his hand in. Everything. So yeah, no, it's it's pretty amazing, you know. But I mean, you know, I didn't start hyperventilating. I know some people did, um, <laughs> but I mean, it was. <laughs> oh my God, George uh, is here! Yeah, <laughs> but it's pretty cool, you know. It's this is one of those moments that. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. It, it was cool. Yeah, because I, I mean, there, there are a few times there actually, well, I think there have been very few times when I've actually really been like starstruck or, you know, almost starstruck. What's one of them? What, what's one of them? It doesn't have to be Star uh, Wars. What was it? No, uh, one of them was uh, uh, when I worked on Ali. Okay. And I, was, I had been on set. I was doing Will's, part of Will's makeup. And I was there on Tuesday. <laughs> I was there on Thursday. 
I guess Wednesday, Muhammad came to set. Oh no. And I was oh. like, ah, oh, you missed really? it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like that would have been like, wow, you know, to be in the presence of the greatest. And, um, and then, you know, another one was, uh, when we were at, I think Princeton and, uh, met John Nash, um, from a beautiful mind, um, like the guy, the guy, right. <laughs> you yeah. know, you know, it was, was kind of cool. And I mean, and the other one was from one of those other star shows and oh. years. And you oh, know, we, hey, we, we, we like yeah. Star Trek here. Trust look, me. We're, look, we're not weirdos. Yeah. We, we, we love all sci-fi. Yeah. It doesn't matter. No, but that one, I mean, that one was, I mean, that's, you know, like him and Muhammad were kind of like, like the, like the two most iconic. I mean, you know, you can't, you can't look at a book about makeup and not see Nimoy in the ears yeah. you know you, you just it, it, it's you know and, and that's also a part of my childhood so you know I was in the trailer uh, you know helping and and you know I feel somebody sit down in the chair behind me and I turn and there he is and it's like wow okay <laughs> so did, did cool. you actually get to do the makeup for him in in the first JJ no. Star Trek no yeah no 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 that was uh oh, I'm trying to remember who did those ears uh I don't remember now. I know it was Joel Harlow was running the prosthetics department there. Um, and I was helping him on Eric's makeup uh, for Nero. And uh, I can't remember who was doing the years. But that um, so was pretty cool. I mean, that was that. that's just one of those special moments. And at one point, he, I think on his last day, he gave a little speech. And he had said, you know, it's like, what did you say? It's like, it's been 40 years since I put these years on. Oh, wow. You know, wow. yeah, it was just, and, I mean, it was, it was, uh, that would be pretty really cool. Good. Yeah. Fan or not, yeah. that'd be pretty cool. I mean, yeah. he's another one. Yeah. He's, an, he's an icon starting way back yeah. in the, yeah. Yeah. In the what, early sixties, I think when that show first kicked oh. off. So yeah. On that either. note, <laughs> on that note, is there like a Holy grail of, of like makeup stuff that like, you would give anything to be able to do it, whether it be like go back in time and do like the original Spock years, or is there something that like, you know, is maybe like coming back, like an old series coming back that like, man, I like to do this one piece of makeup would be incredible. You know, I don't know. Mm, good question. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm in a pretty happy viewing all that stuff and using it as my reference for some stuff. Cause like some of that stuff like always comes around um, or comes back around, you know, you're mm -hmm. always going to put ears on somebody or, you know, I was over yeah. with James McKinnon, you know, he was running the show for Picard and, you know, going over there and helping with their Romulans. And um, it's, uh, you know, we, we've all gotten the chance to do a version of it. Um, yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't want to ruin it. <laughs> 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 I mean, but, you know, some of that stuff was done, even, you know, even if it wasn't done like super great, it's, it just set things in motion. You know, it, mm -hmm. it just set us all in motion to, to, to follow. Um, you know, like, like when I did uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy um, and, or two Guardians of the Galaxy 2, David White, you know, he was the, the, the lead in England on that show. And when we got, you know, when I got asked to be on it and to help, you know, to help run it, I was like, you know, time. big shoes, huge shoes to follow in, you know, because yeah. they, 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 you know, they killed it, uh, you know, so. Well, yeah, as look poking through your awesome. site, it looks like on Guardians, you uh, worked on Drax, Taserface. Mm -hmm. uh, did you do Gamora's too, or? Um, I sculpted her 
pieces and, you know, is there for some of the tests, you know, we were trying to work out some other, some of the ways to maybe change the quality of her skin, um, uh, make it look a little bit more, uh, bit like I think James was afraid that it was like, it felt too flat before and, you know, you got they had to go in and do some stuff, but, um, you know, it's just slight changes on her, uh, a redo on the pieces, you know, for her forehead and cheeks. Uh, Drax was like a complete redo. Uh, Taserface was a new character. I mean, that was a fun one. You know, I mean, you know, we had we had the vision of hindsight, so we saw everything that they had done. And, right, the uh, first one. Yeah, and so then in, in ways to try and you know make things, I don't know, stronger, faster. You know, we we were able to look back at what they did. You know, um, and you know all their stuff was so so fun. It was you know so much fun. How is it working with James Gunn? I, I don't know. I mean, again, I don't know him from Adam, but I love a yeah. lot of what he does. I like the way he writes and, and, and shoots and obviously the way he incorporates music. Did, is, yeah. Is it a fun set to be on? Um, yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, uh, he was there on Suicide Squad, too. I mean, it, you know, it can be a lot of fun. Um, I mean, he, he again, too, he's, you know, he's a really he's really a visual person. So he, you know, he knows what he wants to see. He knows when things are not right. I mean, I know that legacy effects is the company that um that built all this stuff for the show and um i was hired by them to oversee the prosthetics part and uh i think at one point he wanted to see something for mantis and then when we actually like kind of did the you know photoshop drawings or 3d you know then he was like oh okay maybe not and then you know but he would they ended up doing so many designs just to like prepare to just get ready to show them and some of the designs with like how her face was and coloring and hair and then it's the you know, george lucas effect it's carrying on the james <laughs> gun <laughs> yeah but but when it came down to it he was like no this one this one and that one okay there you go <laughs> you know well, at least he um, he knows what he likes and he likes what he yeah knows. yeah yeah and, and you know he's he's he, he, he's having fun so yeah because i i know they're currently shooting or almost about ready to wrap volume three um Right, right. I know that thing was delayed left and right, so maybe that's why you you, you probably didn't end up working on that one because you know you you, you got to move on while while Marvel yeah. was delaying that. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was uh, a <laughs> yeah because that was supposed to happen years ago guess, at this right point. Before, yeah, years ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, let, let's kind of rewind a little bit. We we we, we kind of got into what you're doing, and let, let's kind of find out how you got there. I mean, how how do you go from you know watching star wars at 11 years old to working on the mandalorian and not just working on the mandalorian winning emmys for your work on the mandalorian uh, i just want to remind yeah. everyone brian is a two-time <laughs> emmy award winner and a saturn award winner and one saturn of his award <laughs> the saturn is funny because i i it's for geeky I read stuff about it later yeah it's for i read about it later that we won and i'm just like was I supposed to be there? Nobody, nobody <laughs> who who accepted and, this award? They, they didn't myself even call John, Yeah, myself and John Blake. I think we had won because he he ran the yep. the regular department uh, makeup, and I was like, "Hey, did you know that we won?" He's like, "No, what, is, what does that mean?" <laughs> and and um, then I like tried getting a hold of them one time. I was just like, "Were we supposed to be there? Did am I supposed to get one of those little awards?" Because yeah. I, I haven't seen anything. The intern forgot you well, just forgot to send the invite. I mean, I I, I always thought thing. Saturns were big for like sci-fi productions. I know. I would love to have that little thing. Yeah, I don't know where it's at. <laughs> Let's see. We'll start a GoFundMe. We'll get get Brian yeah. his trophy. <laughs> But uh, no, I mean, how how do you go from you know just living in Oregon to now 
almost 30 years later working in some of the biggest and, and baddest movies and TV shows in Hollywood? Um, you know, I think it uh, just, you know, followed the dream. Um, I think it was, it actually was the, was it the 1981 remake of The Thing? Uh, John Carpenter's The Thing that um, really piqued my interest into this. Uh, I saw, you know, that was the heyday of videotapes. And, um, you know, we'd go to the video house and I'd rent that movie and, you know, hang on to it and get the, you know, overdue fees because I'd be watching it over and over and over again. Um, and, uh, and I think I'd watched it so many times. It was aware. My dad was aware that I had seen it so many times. Um, he traveled for work and, uh, he was going through an airport and at one of the bookstores saw the cinema, cinema fantastique, uh, issue with Rob Bottin on the cover and like the crab head. Um, and he knew that was from the movie. So he picked it up for me. And I, that, that's that, that issue. Like, that was it. Blew me away. That was it. Cause it had a bunch of stuff in there. It had, it had like these, uh, in the, the thing article it had like these little Mike Plug drawings of like, you know, these are the guys like, you know, controlling the levers or like doing something. I mean, they're like really kind of silly, but it was like, that was the, the moment that, I thought, oh, this is a job. Somebody can do this. And that's that's when I started really kind of seeking it out, getting the Cinefix magazines, getting Fangoria, and then, you know, um, buying materials and, and sculpting. I mean, you know, one of my first, you know, crummy sculptures was on just like a wig head. Uh, and uh, it's really... I imagine it's it's a unique hobby to get into because it's not like you know we we've talked to concept artists before and it's like okay I get that they're they they know they can draw and then they get better and better and that leads into a role but I, I would think with with uh, makeup special effects that it's it's really nothing you can sit there and just I mean I guess you can practice but it's not as I guess easy and 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 obtainable to start practicing in in makeup special effects, is it? Or yeah, I bet you're I mean, popular in your neighborhood around Halloween, probably at some point <laughs> yeah. in time, right? It was it was. I mean, it was it was difficult. Actually, you know what? I'm just noticing like it's getting really dark outside. Am I getting? You're you're, you're fine. It actually it actually <laughs> adds a little bit of a moody tone <laughs> to it. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I like yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, as this as this goes on, it gets darker. <laughs> dark is my soul. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, because, you know, in, in Hillsborough, Oregon, where I grew up, uh, trying to find the materials that, you know, I needed. Yeah, you that's, go to, that's I what go I was getting the, at. It just doesn't seem as local, accessible. Yeah, yeah I mean, I go to the local um, theater store and, you know, I could get latex. I could get some, you know, clay from an art store. I could get certain things. I actually, was, was resourceful enough. I, I found um, through the yellow pages. If anybody remembers what those were, phone books yeah. for you young people. And, we won't even get into yes. it. Don't worry. <laughs> um, they uh, and found like a dental supply house that was around my place, so that I could buy the alginate and teeth trays, so that I could oh, you know cast my teeth. Brilliant. Okay. And then I found a place that had you know that I used that same alginate, which was the wrong kind because it was so fast. But I found another place that had plaster bandages, and um, you know I think it was 16, 17. Um, and you know, made it, you know, was able to, to, to make it happen. I would, you know, grab my friends and, <laughs> you know, terrified friends as I'm trying to, you know, covering their face, trying to get a life cast. Um, <laughs> hey, let me do but, something uh, to you. It's kind of like waterboarding. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. How were your parents? Did your parents like help you find stuff and they helped you along the way? Were they super supportive? Because this is, it seems like 
like an out there career. Like if I went to my parents, I know if I said like, I'm going to be a makeup artist on a movie, they're like, have you thought this through yet? Yeah. Are, you, yeah. are you sure? <laughs> How were they? You know what? I think they were pretty open to it. I mean, you know, my dad, I think he would have liked that I, you know, went off, spun off into the computer world because um, that's where he was from. And, and he was just kind of like, this is what's going to be important in the future, you know, and. Um, well, he wasn't wrong, but it's still way, way wrong. more boring than what you're doing now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, so but I mean, they were, you know, I, like I said, my dad picked up that magazine for me. I think um, I think my mom might have like, you know, went to some like, you know, some toy store and she saw like the, the Pressman kit of the Dick Smith makeup kit um, and grabbed that for me. And that was one where you just you'd mix up. It came with, you know, rud- very rudimentary molds, vacuform molds, um, gelatin. And, uh, you know, uh, you'd make these pieces and color them and, you know, kind of apply them. And so, you know, I was able to do that. Um, I remember one time I had, I was doing, mixing the stuff up in the kitchen and I had a glass and, and when you're making gelatin, you use like glycerin and sorbitol and, and make the stuff so it makes it soft and fleshy. And I had a glass that I put it in. And of course they're just clear liquids. And I think it was the <laughs> glycerin, and my mom just like she thought it was water. She wet. Oh <laughs> she no! Just started drinking. Oh no! It it out. <laughs> Hopefully she's all right. Like we, we yeah. didn't have to make yeah, a trip to the was. emergency she room was. or call Mister Yuck or anything. Yeah. I hope not. No, no. Dangers <laughs> of the job. Always <laughs> yeah. check your cups. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. So all right. So you know you, you, you're you're dabbling in it. You're you're studying, getting the magazines, getting some materials. How do you end up getting paid for it? You know, how, how does Brian go from dabbling to working on what, in my opinion, could be one of your best credits, Cannibal Hookers? Cannibal is, Hookers. Is that your first, do like, that? Do, do, you, do you count that as your first big credit or no? I count that as my first credit. Um, it was, Well, the first thing I did was, uh, I think at 19, um, decided that, you know, I wasn't going to be able to do this in Hillsborough. So, uh I think in the back of Fangoria, yeah, in the back of Fangoria, there was a small little ad in the classifieds for a, a new makeup school that was opening up um, called, I think I was the very first person to call, or at least I, was, I know I was the first person to sign up. <laughs> and, um, you know, then, then that was it. You know, it was like, okay, uh, yep, classes start in, you know, January and no January, kidding. February. So I, you know, packed up my Chevy Sprint, three-cylinder Chevy So are you still, because uh, th- this seems to be similar, you know, I, I know some stunt people, we've talked to concept artists, storyboarders, and it, and it sounds like once you kind of meet a, a click out there, or someone pulls you into a production, you tend to 
stick with them if they're good people and, and, and you'll pull each other throughout your careers onto other productions, bigger productions, and then ultimately, you know, you get to where you're at now. Is that kind of how th- things played out for you? Did, you? did you meet some people? And to um, say work with, or, you know, like we, you know, a bunch of us, we all rented a house and, you know, um, actually from makeup school, to the studios, uh, I, I took a detour and, and for, to a company called Dynamation. Um, and we used to make uh, uh, life-size animatronic robots, robot dinosaurs for museums and, and whatever. Uh, and a bunch of us were there. At, I mean, at one point we all just kind of like, wait a minute, you know, we didn't come here to be, you know, do dinosaurs, we wanted to do movies. And then we all kind of moved up to Hollywood. Um, but there, you know, that is, yeah, you, fi- you find a click, you find people that you work well with because um, you're never really an island, you know, in, in that game. Uh, you know, there's, there's a whole team of people, some, you know, sometimes. Um, I think I, I was like one of maybe one of the last waves uh, that kind of went through the schools um, where I kind of know, I, I know a little bit about everything, know a little bit about all the steps. Some people now, when they kind of go through makeup school, they learn it, but then they just want to focus on something or they just want to do, you know, they kind of um, specialize uh, or silo themselves, specialize, compartmentalize. And if you work in the shops, you do get compartmentalized um, unless you really flex your muscles and, you know, really show that you can just do it all from, you know, beginning to end. All right. Nick is not being rude. His Skype has dropped out, but we we kind of planned for this. That's why (laughs) I wish you could see the feed right now because I've just replaced his frozen face with our logo. So that's why uh, it's all right. We we, kind of had an idea this may happen. So it's just you and I from here on out, which it's better anyways. Uh, All right. So, you know, we we, we get to Cannibal Hookers and like you said, you you meet some people and you eventually start getting bigger and better (laughs) gigs. What what do you, I guess to you, when do you feel like I've, I made it like, this is it. This, this is the production where you finally feel like, okay, now I'm in the big leagues. Well, I mean, I guess that would probably be my, my first full film. Um, uh, there was a time when I, you know, when I was working at that dinosaur company, um, Bill Barsdorf, he was one of the guys who lived there. He ended up moving up to LA cause he was like, I'm, I'm out. I want to go do that stuff. He was working and he was the um, like the mechanical puppet guy for uh, Steve Johnson okay. at um, XFX. And uh, and I would go up on, you know, this was back. I mean, it was it was lawless. I mean, you know, everybody's working 24 hours a day, seven days. A week. <laughs> and so I know no, no labor on. laws <laughs> back then. <laughs> yeah, no, like, yeah, no, we had kids. No, uh, <laughs> there was uh, I would uh, I would go up on weekends and just, you know, with with him, hang out with him, work for free. And at that time, you know, just because it's like, hey, I mean, that, that's really what it is. It's just like getting your face, getting to a place where you can just show these people what you can do. Um, and at that time, I mean, Steve, Steve was one of my um, I was a big fan of Steve. Uh, he, you know, was a part of the Rick Baker crew kind of coming up. And then he ran Boss Films makeup department. I mean, I mean, some of his his de- designs and, and, and designs are, are, are very they're out there. Um, very cool. And uh, I always kind of liked that aesthetic. Um, so I was lucky enough to, to get in there and, you know, a few weekends of, you know, working for free. And then I think there was 
an episode of an episode of Monsters uh, that came through, and he's like, "Well, hey, do you want to just do this effect?" And again, I was just doing weekends, um, and so I worked on this thing. And it's funny because I think I found it on, I I found this behind the scenes thing on uh, YouTube, and you see me back in nineteen eighty eight <laughs> doing this thing, uh, and it's a uh, yeah. Oh, so, Sweet, someone's but, got you on, like an old clip of you on YouTube somewhere? We're, yeah. We'll have to find yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I know the, the internet never forgets. No, it does not. Uh, but it's, but after doing a few weekends of that, um, we were eating lunch one day and he just kind of looked and he's like, hey, you know, what are you doing? You know, you going to stay down there doing dinosaurs? You're going to come up here? And I'm like, well, I don't know. You got a job? Yeah. He's like, yeah, I got something coming through. Have you ever run foam latex before? And I'm like, nope. And he's like, I'll get you, I'll go pull a bunch of my molds. I'll get a five gallon kit of foam latex. Figure it out. Let's see, let's see what you can do. Um, and that's what I did. And uh, that was a highway to hell. Um, Chad Lowe, Christy Swanson. Yeah. There it is right there. I, I mean, you have, you have so many credits on your website. It, was, it, it took me almost three minutes to scroll down to the bottom <laughs> to find highway to hell right after Kung Fu Kitchen. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's some classic uh, suburban commando. You gotta love that with with the Hulk. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. Sleepwalkers, Pet Cemetery too. Just just like I said at at the uh, onset of the show here. I mean, Brian Sipe has uh, quite the resume as I scroll through it here. All right, so uh, unfortunate. I've been fortunate. Yeah, and um, at, at these days, Brian, are are you hired as Brian Sipe the individual or Gamut Studios? Oh. When you're brought onto I mean, a it, project, it depends. You know, for for quite a few years there, say from uh, from Twilight to, um, uh, boy, what was the last one? Suicide Squad. You know, I was uh, you know representing uh, Legacy Effects, which was the um, you know the four owners from Legacy Effects. Okay. They were like they were the supervisors from the Stan Winston Studios, so um, they were Stan's lead guys. Uh, and when Stan passed away they kind of just reformed a company called legacy effects and uh you know and they're you know uh you know big powerhouse makeup effects and so well, they, they just like contract you out like a, like a 1099 yeah, or yeah. do you become a legacy yeah, yeah. Well, employee like, you know I, I well i come on they want to you know i come on and i'll be in the shop to help supervise the build um make sure things are going in a, in a direction that will you know suit us suit the characters suit the you know speeds you know suit suit the the time on set um and then transition to you know go to set and uh uh, run the department there so are you all with the makeup department makeup artists or or would you be similar to like a stunt person that you have a a daily rate or do you get is it like a contract you know just like a lump sum and then you divvy it up how you see fit no, it, it's all, it's all like, you know, everybody's, you know, daily. They hourly, have it. Okay. You know, all right. Yeah. Employee. And then, um, yeah. Yeah. So even, even if you're there for 15 minutes, you still make the full day rate and stuff like sure. that. That That is one of the <laughs> sure. bonuses of Hollywood. I've yeah. been on a set before and I can tell you it is, if you're not doing anything, it is one of the most boring things you can ever be a part of. Like it, yeah. it's so boring. I, I wanted to like jump out of the window. Um, yeah. but I, it, it, sometimes. Sometimes it can be. I mean, you know, I guess, you know, it will depend upon the project you're on, but, but there is, there's, there's so much downtime. There's a marathon sprint. Yeah. There's a huge <laughs> sprint in the morning. The first four hours are like super tough. And then depending upon the show, then yeah, you'll go to set and you'll watch your person 
Um, and hopefully you've done your job right. You don't really have to touch them at all. Right. And then, you know, just. So, so as a, a as a makeup artist, I mean, you're you're probably involved from the beginning, like pre-production all the way through principal. Right. Because you have to be there yeah. every day, uh, either in the morning to get them ready. And then, like you said, when they're actually shooting, you have to be out on, on the stage or the set yeah. to to help if anything gets jacked up during yeah. the shoot. Just, you know, make sure their lipstick's on or make sure that, they, you know, like the, the makeup around their eyes are good or they've gone back to the trailer and had a big hamburger. You know, got to make sure that you know, everything's all touched up. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, so that, that Chinese is, chicken salad, really greasy. Yeah, that, that's that's I'm trying to think. It, it probably is one of the jobs on a production where you truly are there from pre through principal, you know, because the artists are kind of done after pre-production. The actors, they really only come in during principle for the most part. But yeah, I mean, right. if you think about makeup, hair, whatever, a little makeup for sure, you're there the entire time. So sometimes I bet the, these productions of movie can eat up, what, two, three, four months of, of a year for you? Oh, more than more that. More than that. I, I mean, because that, that usually like three months might be the three to four months might be the typical principal photography time. Yeah. Um, and if we're lucky, uh, on some of those, like on the Marvel films, you know, we might get, you know, we might get, be brought in maybe two to three months in advance, um, you know, but, but, and they might've been going even before that, you know, because, you know, like their production designers are designing the costume, the costume, I think department is like one of the first ones to come in. Um, and depending upon the show, they'll, they'll reach out to makeup first. I mean, if it's a real heavy makeup show, then obviously they'll take it, you know, we get pulled in Got early. It. Well, yeah, with with if it's just for like a couple of small with, with uh, Infinity oh, War and a couple and, of small things. Then in, oh yeah, Infinity War and Endgame. You you're probably uh, locked up for what two years? Yeah, uh, we, we for all those movies. Yeah, we, it was just nonstop. Not, you know, nonstop Marvel. <laughs> well, yeah, oh yeah, I mean, because you probably went from Guardians to Infinity to Endgame. We went, well, I went from Guardians to Captain Marvel. Back to X-Men. No. I, yeah, I mean, I would bounce back and forth. Um, it was all Marvel, but I mean, there to X-Men, back to something, and then Captain Marvel, and then, yeah, it was... Many years spent in <laughs> MCU, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're yes. not done, but I, I don't know. I'm not going to ask you yeah. about any secret projects or anything like that. No, uh, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want to get anyone in trouble. Do, do you... Yeah. Is there a particular makeup artist or maybe a film itself that you kind of look to as a, a big influence to, to your own work and career? Um, uh, you, know, again, you know, Steve Johnson was, was somebody that I looked at, and I was lucky enough to have him, you know, I guess mentor me through my first films, um, whether that was a good thing or not. I mean, because he, I mean, he, he's got a book out there, I think, called Rubberhead. He's got a couple of them. He's kind of chronicle, chronicling his night, chronicling his life in the business. And he's like, he's like shoveling and unleashing dirt that like, uh -oh. <laughs> um, but, uh, but it was, he, he was hard, you know, he was, he was, you know, he was one of those guys that he would be like, oh, you do something and you think it was really good. You're like, oh, look at this, look at this, isn't this great? And he's like, yeah, that's really good. Uh, do it again because it's, yeah, it's not quite right. And, you know, <laughs> you're like, oh, what, what's wrong? And you know, he's like, no, I don't know. Just you gotta make it happen faster. You got to make it better. It's not, you know, not punchy enough. It's not, yeah. you know, the shapes aren't quite there. So it, you know, and that was after hour 16. Yeah, oh you know, boy yeah i bet like, you just sat there smiling like with your teeth yeah. clenched like okay you bet i'll get right to it 
<laughs> would he ever come in like start ripping pieces oh, off? Like, would he start? You know, like this isn't good. That's not good. Uh oh, got a little bit of delay here with Brian. Man, Skype is no good these days. You're back. Sorry. I said, okay. you're okay. back. I was just saying we had a little bit of a, a freeze up with yeah. Brian there. I was blaming it on Skype. So, uh, um, yeah, no, I, I, what I was saying, would he ever come in and, and actually start physically pulling apart some of your makeup? Like, that's not good. The, the brow's yeah. off. This is bad. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, even just like, here, here, let me do it. And he said, you know, obviously, you know, you sit down and, um, and like start work, reworking a sculpture or something like that. And I mean, you can't be mad because, you know, then you get to sit there and watch him work. Right. Um, you know, and, 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 and I mean, that's how you learn, you know, it's like, I, I, I was fortunate to be around a lot of talented people and, and just, I would hover and just watch and watch and watch and then like go home and practice and try and do that, you know, mimic. Um, and uh, I mean, Rob Bottin was another person um, that, uh, I mean, you know, he did the effects for the thing. So I think that, you know, as far as like a movie or something, the thing was very influential. And then on to, you know, then he went on to do um, Legend, which, um, you know, I mean, his design aesthetic is, you know, push and pull shapes, you know, a lot of nice hard colors. And uh, you know, did he do the devil in that then? Was he the guy that? Yeah. 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 I don't know how many people, hopefully people listening. Legend is a, it's a. A lot of a lot of people probably don't even know about it, but it's an early Tom Cruise movie that that's kind yeah. of like fantasy far out. Yeah, I mean it's it's a, it's a from what I remember, yeah. kind of a far out type of flick. At least it at was. the age I was watching it, at, probably too and young. Ridley Scott, Ridley Scott directed it, and it's very it's just very ethereal. It's very you know you know <laughs> just sing song wispy, and it, you know it's uh it's but it's it, it's such a beautiful movie. Yeah, uh, you, you know that devil's just so music. iconic. Like I, 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 even to this day, I probably haven't seen the movie in over twenty years. And that that the devil makeup, like yeah. that that is the devil Tim to Curry. me. You know, yeah. Tim Curry oh, that's yeah. T- okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's amazing. Watch it again. And I mean, there's some things that you can watch, you know, that you remember, and you know, oh, that was the most amazing thing ever. And then you can watch it now, and you go, right. oh, okay, well, maybe it wasn't that great, or you know, or you know, but. Everything in that movie, in, you know, and, and darkness was the name of the devil, and you're just like, wow. Yeah, it's so simple. It was so simple. It's not overworked. It's not overly crazy with, you know, twenty four hundred layers of color and, and squiggly lines. It's just, just beautifully, just perfect. All right. So, um, it, it, it is the Mandalorian. Was that your first foray into Star Wars, or did you have any sort of like tangential connections to it before you got the Mandalorian gig? Oh boy, um, I don't remember anything earlier. I'm sure there might have been, but it might just be like a commercial or, or something like that. But I think, but as far as like a um, something being filmed story wise, yeah, Mandalorian was, I believe, the first my first foot into the star wars world so how did you get that one was it just a, a, a previous connection or did you were you sending in your work like a portfolio i don't know if you you'd have to do that anymore i'm sure you just kind of no, get called uh, and show up but. <laughs> i you know actually i i think we had i just finished a film i can't remember which one um but i was over at legacy effects john rosengrant one of the owners um came through he saw me there and was just like hey uh if uh you know we're talking to this one show we're just wondering if you'd be interested in you know you know again taking our stuff to set and 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 i just said well 
it's a TV show. Hmm, I, uh, I mean, do they, have they hired the makeup department head yet? And he said, I don't think so. It's still pretty early. And I said, well, can I can you give me an interview with the producers? Um, and uh, and he did. And I went down and was able to, uh, you know, get hired on as this like the department head, you know, for the oh, makeup. Yes. You know, because it was, you know, I mean, even though specialty makeup is is has been, you know, my lead right hand. Uh, it's a, uh, you know, we all get trained to do everything. So you know, it's like I can do beauty, right? Um, you know, I'm not going to claim that as my, <laughs> you know, as, as what I do best. But um, but we do it, and and you know, design, you know, um, is something that you know I can do well, or at least in, uh, envision. Uh, I'm a great manager. You know, manage people well. So, uh, you know, um, when I went down to meet Colin Wilson, who was the executive producer, um, uh, Paige, uh, there was another producer there, Paige, and I had known her from Infinity War because she was um, overseeing the nice. VFX unit. Friendly so face. Like, oh, you. Okay. Yeah. This guy's great. And, and so, um, you know, they gave me the shot. Is that kind of how so, the interview goes then? Like, hey, I remember him. He's good. All right. You got yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a so, thing of know, beauty. Luckily, yeah. Yeah. You know, and you know, I'm sure, you know, and, and with legacy effects, you know, Rosengrant, you know, vouching for me, that's, that's a good, uh, that's a huge nudge too. And, um, but yeah, so then it was, okay, this is what we're doing. This is Bob and like, yep. I'm in. I mean, you know, you don't have to tell me the rest. Just you know. So yeah. So did uh, I'm guessing this probably would have been what, like 2017, 2018 ish time frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because season yeah. one went live October of 2019. So yeah, so it was the year before. So it was 2018. And then. So at yeah, that meeting, that mean- did 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 they pitch? kind of the overall story to you or do they just show yeah. you some concept art? I mean, did you know about baby Yoda at that first meeting? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you're all good at keeping up. a secret. You know what? I, I gotta say we were all good at keeping secrets for season one and two. I mean, come on. End of season two. Was, we, yeah. None of us. I, I remember on this dumb little show, I was like, they will never bring back a legacy character like Luke Skywalker to a show like this because they don't need to. And I was like, I will slap myself if they do it. And sure enough, I had to slap yeah. myself. So, but I mean, yeah. like, how 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 amazing was that moment? It was. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I I I teared up as as a lifelong I? fan. I mean, it, it it was very emotional. I'm not gonna, even when R two rolled in the frame, it it hit me again. It was like a double gut punch. Yeah. And then they yeah. end I mean, it with I- with with Din <laughs> saying goodbye to the baby. Times. Yeah. So. Were you there that day? Did, did you? I get, I get emotional every time because because it, it is you know it, it's it's such a huge like, huge thing an iconic thing and then and when I was watching it, I stayed up you know you know when it airs it'll be after midnight you know when we watch right. it um, if you want to watch the first showing and um, I stayed up and we were, you know yeah it was it was amazing and I remember just thinking too is that like how many millions of people are doing the exact same thing right now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, I was, like, oh, I was like balled up down in my basement, like, oh, life is so good right now. I love being a Star <laughs> Wars fan. Thank you, John yeah. Favreau and Dave Filoni and everyone involved. Yeah, yeah no, it, it, it is fantastic. So, it was uh, smart, though. It was just smart. No, it, it, in the end, it, it, it made sense, and I kind of like what they did continuing it in, in the book of Boba Fett, which you also worked on. Mm-hmm. Um, so... What what would you say was when you worked on Star Wars: The Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett? What what would you consider your most challenging job or task? 
Were there was there um, like a challenge? I, I mean, I know you won the Emmy for Ahsoka. Is was yeah. that kind of the, the the most difficult? There was there was one of them. I mean, you know, going at that show and that makeup, like that makeup, uh, that season, um, uh, Boba or doing Boba Fett. Um, uh, I mean, two characters that in the universe are huge. You know, I mean, Ahsoka, for sure. Like, Ahsoka's Star Wars sweetheart. I mean, you know, it's just like that. If nothing else, it was just the pressure of, you know, trying to create something that looked good and then satisfied the fans. The because um, the fans can be gnarly. Uh, you know what? I, I want to I want to ask you, Brian, I, I was going to bring it up. To, but since you mentioned it. As someone that was involved in, in Ahsoka and in, in other, you know, Star Wars stuff and other characters that are non-Star Wars, when fans start getting chirpy and talking like they could have done a better job and who's making <laughs> yeah. these decisions, what what type of effect does that have on artists like you? Are you just like, eh, they're just fans they don't know or does it bum you out a little bit? Because with Ahsoka, I mean, it, there, there were fans like, her neck thing or her tails aren't long enough. Hoo, hoo. You know, right, it's like... Right. I'll go into that. I'll go into okay, that. thank you. Um, there was a, uh, you know what? I mean, everything. I mean, you know, like, like even going in, right before going into Star Wars and Guardians, um, you know, working on Apocalypse, X-Men Apocalypse, you know, it, you know, as you know, like, you know, uh, Apocalypse looked nothing like yeah, he's, how he was. He's not drawn. tall enough. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Which, <laughs> you know, and, um, but the, I mean, it, it can, it can affect you. I mean, I remember like the day, you know, cause there was like a leak, uh, like, like there was like one of the photos that I like, got out was of him on set and it was supposed to be like when he like just appeared. Oops. I think we, I'm out of. He'll be back. Brian, when, when Brian's Skype drops out, it's not as bad as there, there he is. There we go. It's okay. it's all right. I, I just had to put quarters into the machine, so go. we're, we're good now. <laughs> we'll be good for another ten minutes. <laughs> um, the uh, apocalypse. I mean, you, you know, there was a shot that had gone out of picture uh, that got posted or entertainment, uh, who knows where, but um, it was him with uh, Storm, um, and uh, and they were they were projecting this purple light on him because that was going to be the energy ball that brought him in, you know, and that was a picture that was taken and then got circulated. Uh, so then it just looked like he was like this weird purple thing and, and everybody was calling him, you know, something, I can't remember the character, something ooze from power Rangers. And, you know, it was, <laughs> you know, and of course, like, you know, he's seeing this stuff too, you know, Oscar. And so then he's like, Oh, <laughs> you know, like, you know, fucks with everybody's head. Yeah. And, you know, and I've, you know, I've been right to the coals quite a few times with characters like that because he's like, yeah, it's never going to be right. Um, and uh, so going into doing, you know, Ahsoka and Boba Fett uh, for that season, you know, that that was the, the stress and the pressure that was on my shoulders. I, f I felt, you know, because it's like, oof, you know, this is, I mean, the Star Wars fans are, are mighty. They're yes, mighty and there's the, many and you know like, some of the worst in my opinion. I mean I, I love Star Wars, <laughs> I love a lot of the fans, but boy do we have some some divas over here that yeah nothing's yeah. ever good enough because they have their own, as we call it, the head cannon going on. Like, no, yes. if I didn't do yes, it, it's yeah, not yeah. good enough. But yeah. 
Yeah. But the one thing that, that they don't understand either is that they don't, you know, that we come back from it. Because, I mean, you know, at a point, you know, say for Apocalypse, you know, it's like, I mean, we're employees. So if Brian Singer or the direct producer or somebody, George Lucas, comes in and goes, you know what? I want a big purple dot in the middle of the forehead. That's what you do. That's what you do. Or you don't. <laughs> and you quit. You know, I mean, it's just like, you know, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it's like, no, my standards, I would never do right, that. Right, right. You walk away or you just go, okay, yeah, sure. We'll color purple, you know. Have you ever seen uh, someone quit over a disagreement in design? No, no. Because, no. yeah. I mean, you know, we, you know, we're all, <laughs> I don't think so. You would you would be blackballed. Uh, there, there I would, I would, yeah, okay, yeah. You know, yeah, there are some people who will get very adamant about it. But they usually um, lose, yeah. right? I mean, it's... Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's like, well, then, you know, I'll go find somebody who will do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I love it. So, uh, but for Ahsoka, I mean, yeah, I mean, that was, uh, that was a hard one. Because um, also, you know, Dave Filoni uh, is one of the creatives on the show. And, you know, that's, you know, one of his babies. Uh-huh. And uh, so, I mean, very specific you know, and, and it's like I would, you know, we, we brought in um, like a body double and then I would do tests on this body double before we got to Rosario uh, to try and create the skin tone, you know, uh, or to create, you know, the right, um, uh, the shapes for, you know, the, the stripes on her face. And, right. Um, it was, it was tough, you know, because that color, you know, uh, it goes george hamilton really fast or it goes Loompa Loompa, <laughs> you know um and, and you have uh, to it's it, or or it just goes cosplay yeah and yeah and that no that, that's a very interesting point for the younger yeah. fans that don't know just, just google george hamilton that was a great reference he he, <laughs> he essentially lived in a tanning bed he looked like a lizard yeah. uh but that yeah you're um, right it, it, it it's kind of got to be a balance between him and an oompa loompa but not into fan cosplay not. level yeah <laughs> You know, um, so that was, I mean, you know, that was the, uh, the big part. I mean, luckily, you know, I mean, I had a whole bunch of makeup supplies at my disposal. So, and, and you just try different things. Um, and, and the big thing that I found out was that I think that made it most real for me was to make it as sheer as possible. You know, I wanted to see some of Rosario's, make sure we saw her freckles, you know, saw anything that she had going on in her skin, because then it, it created a... A sense of reality. If you put, you know, if it was the makeup was too thick, is when it would go cosplay or yeah. Um, and you know, Ben Nye, uh, the Ben Nye company supplied us with a whole bunch of colors, and and I would uh, went through their. I took this color, mixed this one, and a quarter quarter cake of this, and you know, um, came up with uh, came up with the tone that um, uh, that was chosen. And um, yeah, it's funny because like the producer on the show. Uh, I think before that one came out, a few days before, he was like, have you ever been on, you know, checked out Google and, you know, like after the shows come out. <laughs> don't do it. Like, don't type, do it. <laughs> type in the thing just to see what the people are saying. No. <laughs> ever have. You know, I'm like, nope, I haven't even thought about it. And of course, like right after that is, is when the Ahsoka episode came out. And so I did. And because I was, you know. I, I was very nervous about it, um, just to see what was going to be said. Okay, and so were your nerves coming from like just the overall look, or the the things that the fans latched on the the head tails, or was it just? I mean, the overall look, you yeah. Know, because I, you know, it's. I mean, when we when we got to shooting, I, I, at that point, I was happy with it because I knew that 
Um, you know, Filoni was happy with it. Fabro was happy with it. And it was working. And I mean, uh, Dave, Dave was, you know, very happy with it from what I remember. He would just sit there and stare at her, you know, because it's like, oh, there she is. Yeah, he, sudden, he, he drew her and now it's a living, breathing character. Yeah. And um, and he talks about that in, in the uh, the gallery, you know, when he, when he talks about season two. Um, but, I, you know, you know, again, it was just, you know, just to see like what was going to come down, you know, what kind of coal and raking it was going to happen, you know, for this character. And, you know, luckily uh, it was all good, I, you, you know. Um, yeah, I think for the most part, was, people. Most part, I mean, everybody, everybody was very happy with it other than like the Ashley thing or the, you know, the head tails. Like the head tails was some guy um, directly DM'd me into Instagram and it was just like, you ruined it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> And then um, and Block. They, you know, talked yeah. about the head tails and everything. And um, and I just said, well, look, you know, it's like you have to think about the reality of things. It's just like if you were going to have Ahsoka's head tails, I mean, which ones are you going to do? I mean, you, you look at the show and they were like, they went, you know, they got huge almost down to her waist by the time yeah. she was in Star Wars Rebels, I think. So, you know, and that and that would be, you know, as, as is, it's, you know, uh, three four five pounds on her head that's kind of up and yeah. then you know you do like the other ones that would have been you know you know 20 pounds sitting on her head and like kind of dragging it back and um and then there's stunts and spinning and, and right. I, I mean she's so, a she's a pretty active character she's not just sitting yeah. still or or, or being static yeah. on screen i mean she's she's quite ge- like like a gymnast very almost. mobile very yeah. mobile and and i mean that was and and you know the team the creatives they they really they really liked the idea of the practical stuff. So they didn't want to do CG head tails. They didn't want to, you know, they wanted to keep it practical. So that was like the thing was to kind of keep it to a place that would still, I mean, I mean, Scott Patton uh, at Legacy FX, he was, you know, manning the ZBrush when, you know, I think when, when Filoni was coming in and they, they came to the place where like, you know, and, and for me, it's like, well, it wasn't my choice. I mean, it was the creator. <laughs> that, yeah, the creator was sat there that, and and helped design it, and you know, um, that, that's like, that's kind of what I say. You know, that. it's like it's like everyone, calm down. I mean, the people yeah, that yeah. create these people, they're the ones making the decisions. It's it's not like yes. they're just yeah. closing their eyes and, and spitballing. You know, just shorten the neck tails. Yeah, yeah. They'll, whatever, they'll piss I'm them do off. Whatever I want to do. It, yeah. it, there, there's there's probably logical reasons why some of these cartoon characters look slightly different in live action then yeah or, or you know just in, in anything you know um oops all right we're gonna have our little pause here let him let him get a drink he'll be back this has been fun so far hopefully you and the live stream are enjoying our talk with brian sype yep emmy award-winning makeup art it's all right i just i give you some plugs why okay. why i just tell him you're getting a drink so <laughs> okay <laughs> um yeah i mean you know because it's hard because you know because oftentimes you know uh it, you know an animated character is gonna you know does not have the features of a human you know like ahsoka's eyes are so big um but uh and there's things you can do in animation of course you can't do of course in, in humans on humans but um, I, I don't know how uh, how deep you're into the Star Wars world these days, but there's a big hubbub already about the Kenobi series and the they have a character uh, called the Grand Inquisitor and and the fans don't like that his head isn't egg shaped yeah. and his eyes aren't yeah. yellow. So that, yeah. that 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 they're already getting their teeth kicked in before the series even has premiered. So yeah. it's just par for the course with Star Wars, unfortunately. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know, but it's, it's, it's like 
I don't know. It, it is a kind of thing where it's just like, just relax, watch the show. You yeah. Because, you know, if they do it right, you know, like The Mandalorian, I think, has been. I mean, the storylines just pull you in. They pull, Correct. I mean, they're, you know, they're, almost, they're more Star Wars than, than some of the last films. I mean, you know. Agreed. They, I mean, I've always said I, I could watch Star Wars with stick figures as long as the story is good. I mean, that, that yeah. that's my draw to the franchise. I, I, I like mm-hmm. the story. I like the family stuff and the yeah. the, the, the duality of of the, the, the films with each other. So I get you. Well, yeah. thanks for clearing that up because I've been try I've been <laughs> preaching that from up on high here and everyone tells me I'm an asshole. So no, no. <laughs> but I mean, there's a thing, you know, I, I mean. It, it changes everywhere. You know, when I mean, you go to back, back to X-Men, you know, um, I, I remember when, um, when that whole picture came out with Oscar Isaac in the purple light. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I remember like I singer was telling him, he goes like, look, he goes, just relax. Don't worry about it. He goes, you know, when people see this is when they'll, you know, they'll get it. You know, it's just like mystique. When you look at mystique and, and you know, she's, she's not drawn like the Rebecca, um, you know, like the uh, uh, like the mystique we know of today. Like she didn't have scales or any of that stuff. Right. I mean, she was like blue with like a white outfit and red hair and um, like bewitched red hair. And uh, you know, and, he, and and he was like, he goes, he goes, I got so much crap. Singer was saying, he goes, I got so much crap for hiring Hugh Jackman as Wolverine because Wolverine's supposed to be like five feet tall. And and he goes, but at this point in time, who would you see in that role? Yeah. Other than Hugh, you know. And he uh, was right. I mean, I, I, I think Hugh's doing like a Broadway show right now, and he still has fans going to that, doing the claw gesture to him to get him to do like the, the flex. And he'll do it yeah. on stage like at the end when they're all coming out for their for their claps yeah. and bows. And, and like he'll Oklahoma still get out there. Or something like that. He's doing Oklahoma wearing the claws. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, it, it all works out in the end. But yeah, you, you get, you've gotten to work with Jennifer Lawrence in the X-Men movies, right? Doing yeah. yep. like personally putting on the makeup or just supervising mm-hmm. that? Yeah. No, putting it on every day. <laughs> every day. Is she yeah, just as beautiful in person as she is on screen? Yeah. 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 I mean, she's okay. just a beautiful person too. Right. I mean, she's, you know, she's, she's a lot of fun. Yeah, she, she, she kept us on our toes, but she's low. <laughs> <laughs> Did, I mean, you don't have to name names, but I'm sure you have some actors that you, you might have had a lesser opinion of them after making them sit in the makeup chair for hours on end, yeah. for months on end, right? Yeah, it's hard because you kind of, like at a, at a point, you're just kind of like, you read the skip, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're you, supposed to be this, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Did you not know that? <laughs> so, You're getting paid um, a ton of money to put on some yeah, makeup and yeah. act. So, and but a lot of people, you know, that's just, you know, but luckily it's it, it's it's usually pretty few. You know, there yeah. have been a handful, but the but for the most part, a lot of them, everybody's just like, no, this is what's going to get me there. You know, and if, if if what we do, what I do, and you know, my teams or anything like that, if if we do it right, it's, I mean, we're we're, we're we're seamless to where the person doesn't think or feel right, but they know that they look like this, you know, they know that they're now the character and, you know, we're like wardrobe really. I mean, it's just like, you know, put on the right jacket and you know, you're the Fonz. Um, it's, it just, it depends upon, you know, how, how good we do and how comfortable we make them feel. Do you have a, a, a favorite that you've worked with? That's just, you know, been a, been a peach every time you've worked with them. Even um, again, you've, you've made them sit in a chair for hours on end. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, uh, Dave Batista, you know, he, he's a great guy. I mean, Drax is a fun character. Um, 
you know, he was really happy with what we did because we took, uh, I think, I think David's white team, when they did first designed Drax, it was all silicone pieces that would get glued to him. And, and, and it, I think started out at a five hour makeup and they kind of went somewhere between four and three and a half hours or something like that. Um, I don't know how many people. And then I took it, uh, flipped it, just redesigned it to, to almost doing it backwards from what they did uh, with a different prosthetic. And we got it down to about our fastest day was 68 minutes. Ooh, not bad. You know, so and, and our typical was about 75 um, under an hour and a half. And, you know, which I mean, that was that's a few extra hours sleep for him. And um, he was always pretty happy. Yeah, he, he, he seems like just a genuinely good dude. I mean, obviously, I, I don't yes. know him for shit, but yeah. just I, I, I don't know from what hear him just speaking publicly and then seeing his roles and how he acts. I, I dig yeah. him. I, he's, I think he's one of the best uh, wrestler crossovers to actors uh, in recent memory. Yeah, no, no, you know what, and, and genuinely good human, he's a good human, yeah. and, um, you know, he he's very respectful of the, the process and the aspects of, of, of movie making and, you know, not weird. I mean, you know, we go out, you know, we go get a burger, go, you know, and people would approach him all the time, and he was always, you know, cool. happy to take pictures, happy to sign anything, and just kind of, you know, never too guarded, and um, so it was nice, I mean, it's nice that he... he he respected the fans, you know, because it's if there aren't the fans, there aren't there's not the job. Exactly. So, yeah. um, I think sometimes I, they they forget that that you know they, yeah, they, they kind of yeah. need need the people. Yeah, Jen's another another good person too. I mean, Jen Jen was fun. Um, again, a handful, but she was fun. <laughs> <laughs> did you um yeah. did, did you have to apply Rosario's makeup for Ahsoka? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 She's she, she's you know I've, I've been like pretty lucky to to you know worked on the. Uh, you know the cast of characters that I've been able to do, and um, yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of great people in there. A lot of great people. I got to ask so one one more, maybe two more people. Tamara Morrison, how's that guy in, awesome. in person? Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> he's very. You know, he can be zen in his own Maori way, and uh, <laughs> it's uh, uh, yeah, just good. Just you know, again, I mean, there's. I'm I'm so blessed to have worked with a lot of just. I'd, I'd like to cool see him people. work because he seems like yeah. he gets very in, intense and into that character of Boba, especially yeah. during the, like the, the action scenes and when he had the gaffy stick and yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean that, that he, scene he from, it on. he just flips it on. So the, the scene from book of Boba, I think it was the end of episode two when he does the tribal dance with the Tuscan Raiders yeah. could be yeah. one of my all time favorite star Wars moments at this point in time. Just like, just the moment itself for the character, but watching Tim, you could yeah. see him. I mean, he was he was being a Maori warrior there. I mean, he was yeah. getting yeah. into yeah. it with everyone and you know Definitely stepping in, that. jabbing yeah. that stick up. I mean, it was motivational watching it for the first time. Uh, yeah. And the other one, um, Schwarzenegger. Did yeah. did you put the makeup on him then for Terminators? Yeah. Yep. How, yep. How's uh, he? Is he kind of the, the the big personality I mean, in real life? Good. Good. You know, a good guy, you know, kind of comes in, uh, you know, just he's like, right, let's do this. And um, he knows his place, you know, cause, um, and uh, it's funny. It's, it's it's funny. Like the only time that you'd see him get kind of, um, you know, uh, you know, pushback would be uh, like, like I remember one time one of the stunt guys came in and, and he was like, OK, you know, we're going to go out and we're going to rehearse this, rehearse this, you know, the scene stick, you know, because. Jason's going to come in. He's going to grab you. and He's going to push you, push you, and you're going to block and do this. He's like, why would I do that? Why would, why would I block? 
I'm not going to block anything. I'm the Terminator. <laughs> go forward and you can't stop. Why, would, why am I going to do I'm not going to do any of that. You know? uh, and, I love uh, it. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, then he's right. It's just like, why are you going to get into just one of these fight scenes? I'm not going to do hurt. it. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, so I don't get hurt. I, you know, why am I going to do that? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's a great story. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so do you have, as, as I, I'm, I'm going to let you go here soon because you've already given me over an hour, Brian. It's no. been a pleasure talking with you. But oh, so do, Really? Already? Okay. Yeah. A few more questions, though, before I let you go and, okay. and figure out where my co-host disappeared into the ether. But um, do you have, at this point in your career, just a, a personal favorite, either job or character that you've worked on? Um, I mean... You know, that's a hard one. I, I, I think because I've, 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 I've had the opportunity and been so fortunate to have worked on a whole bunch um, or around a whole bunch. And, and, you know, all the ones, you know, from Mystique to, to Drax to, you know, Soka, Boba Fett, even to, you know, you know, me and the team, you know, we did like the Bib Fortuna. I mean, there's, there's so many like, you know, like cool things, you know, in Star Wars and all the other movies you know, that I've been able to, to, to do. It's, it's, um, um, it's pretty cool. It's hard to pin down one. You know. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, I mean, your your credits are ridiculously long, so I, I could see how it could be tough to pick just one because yeah. uh, you, you've yeah, been on some know. of the some of the biggest and baddest pop culture franchises out there. Like yeah. we said at yeah. the top, I mean, X Men, the MCU, Star Wars, Terminator, Star Trek, uh, just a, an amazing career, and uh, yeah. It, yeah. It, it it's still going, which is fantastic. I mean, I would yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't want to. You know, I, I know you can't say much, but uh, there, there's word on the street that the Ahsoka series might start filming soon. I don't know if you I might be working so. on that or. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't believe so. I've got a couple other things that I'm uh, probably going to jump into, and um, got you. Yeah. You excited for the Kenobi series at all? Or you do not really get into. I, you know what? I'm. I'm excited to see it. You know, we'll have to we'll have to see how it goes. You know, I, I mean. Uh, the interesting thing is, I met my like Deb Chow's over there. She directed it, so I, I think she's she's really good. Um, but we'll have to see because I know that I don't I don't believe Favreau and Filoni really had much a hand in it. So it was kind of like Kathleen doing her thing, and I, I you know I think I think those two guys are are you know is what's breathing the life back into it. Yeah. And, and hopefully they they took a, a page out of what they're doing and, and, and follow suit instead of you know um, kind of going in their own direction right uh, because i think they've they've you know they've they've grabbed the the the, the wrist of the fans and uh and the non-fans and i think they're feeling the pulse and, and they got it they just got it how how do those two work together on set i mean is, is john the true lead since he is technically the creator um and yeah. dave's just kind of there to make sure that the lore checks out with what george lucas would have wanted is that kind of yeah how yeah, that plays out there's a lot of that and they just, you know, they, they, it, you know, they, they, they refer to each other, you know, right. because I think, you know, as, uh, I mean, Dave is the walking encyclopedia. Um, you know, you could ask him anything and, and he'll deep dive into it and just, you know, it's, it's neat having conversations with him. Um, but, but, you know, John knows the direction that yeah that's, that's I've, I've tried to explain because I, I and i understand why fans do this and i've probably said it myself but a lot of people consider dave filoni to be 
Star Wars Jesus at this point in yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And that's because <laughs> of his his past connections to George himself, the Clone Wars, Rebels, so on and so forth. But mm-hmm. it is John is the one that created the Mandoverse at this point in time as it has expanded beyond just the Mandalorian with the Book of Boba Fett and ultimately Ahsoka. But but John is yeah. the one that is kind of I mean, driving, the, driving the narrative then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. That's what happens when you pair... Two two gentlemen like that together because I I'm yes. with you I really do feel like they've they've really figured out something special with with the Mandalorian and the the spinoffs that are happening and and as you said it has not only kind of captured the attention of, of us fanboys and girls but it's brought in the the casuals and the non fans yeah yeah, um, yeah. And, you know that, and, and I think that they're just yeah they're they're a good dynamic duo um, and. And I, and I think both of them, you know, because I, I feel that um, that they're also just both fans. Yeah. You know, at heart, you know, I mean, you know, uh, you know they, they watched it all too. You know, they grew up with it all too. And, and I think it's just something that they want to um, uh, make sure that they show proper. I mean, you know, make sure that it's... And that it would makes everybody proud. <laughs> and so far, so good. Unless your so name is so Robert Rodriguez, because fans really teed off on him for some they, of the Book of did. Boba Fett stuff. I'm like, listen, <laughs> John still wrote the damn story, people. Like, I mean, yeah. Robert directed. He he brought yeah. a vision to life. But yeah, I mean, the the the, the Vespas and there were even Power yeah. Rangers yeah. comparisons in Book of Boba Fett, just like you were getting for Apocalypse. Uh, Yep, yep, yep. Uh, he got it there. So, but yeah, that, that, that poor guy. I, I don't know if he'll ever want to touch Star Wars again after the Book of Boba Fett. But I, I, yeah, I quite I enjoyed it. But you know, like no, I said, yeah, it, I like story. I don't get so concerned on Technicolor scooters and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm good. Yeah, and I, you know, and I liked you know the the art. You know, seeing I know that there's you know some complaints, some complaints for you know Boba Fett's arc. You know, and you know he should be more of a badass. Nah. And, you know, but it's like yeah, but. But I think that's that's what they were trying to show. That was like the importance of this, you know, like being with the same people, being, yeah. you know, and seeing. He's a real character you know. now. He's not just a background yeah. guy that stands there and looks cool. Yeah. He, he he actually has motivations that, you know, we can right. kind of latch on to. You know, and I think they wanted to make him, you know, likable in that way, you know, as, mm-hmm. as, as kind of like a, you know, light anti-hero, you know. And, you know, I, th- I think, uh, um, but it's fun that, you know, every once in a while, he would go back into his moments, you know, like oh, when yeah. he's like drafing the yeah. <laughs> oh, that yeah, the, one of the best scenes of the series when <laughs> yeah, he's blowing yeah, the, the Nikto gang uh, to, to bits, and, and then the yeah, and then the you know like when the when the, the assassins were like climbing on the one, he's just you know blows. Yeah, shoot. <laughs> like, yeah, one rocket, one blow. man. That that's Boba yeah, Fett's right. philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by so, the end of the I mean, series, he, he was like, you know what? This is kind of boring. Let's go back and do our thing anyway. So maybe when we yeah. see him again, he'll be out killing people like people wanted him to. But well, hopefully so. Hopefully so. I mean, I, I will say, I, you know, actually to jump back quite quite a bit in one of your questions. One of the things that I was happy to have said yes to. Um, and, and, and my team, you know, we, 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 a lot of us jumped in and just jumped into it was we, uh, we got to build the Rancor. Oh, the Rancor sweet. The, so the, that was, uh, that was pretty fun. And I mean, cause it's life size. So, so how much of that it. model was real? Was it, was it the head and the shoulders or did you the have head and the shoulders? 
and the head and the shoulders to the part where he could sit on it. We made a, a version oh, that was no way. animatronic. And then they put our animatronic head and shoulders and thing on a motion base. So that thing, you know, could just cruise. Um, and that, that was used when, in the Rancor pit when he's talking to Danny Trejo? Yep. Yep, yep. And yep. then it was also used in some of the scenes when he's in Mos Espa on it? Yep. That wasn't all full CG at points. There was um, still... I, you know, it, it's hard to know because they, um, they shoot, they'll shoot a lot of it with him on there, you know, okay. like as a, um, it's even maybe sometimes as an element so that they have something to capture like light bounce and stuff like that. But, um, but it was still it was pretty damn cool to just like walk on set and there it is. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you yeah, remembered yeah. that. Yeah. Look at yeah. that. You, you had, had a hand in bringing Boba's rancor to life. That's, that's pretty yep. rad. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's pretty fun. Plus, you got to work with the ageless Jennifer Beals, right? Uh, for Garcia yes. Flip. She she was uh, another they, fan favorite. I mean, I, I know she didn't have a ton of lines, but she really stood out to the fans. As yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was what was good, and we spent. I mean, we had a lot of time on her because um, I really wanted to make her like a nice showpiece. Um, when Jennifer came in, it's funny because we had to do a headcast on her, and. Um, she, she is just like a light spirit person. And, you know, some people can freak out when they do a head cast and you're molding their head. Um, in the middle of it, my, I, was, I wasn't there, but my guy just goes like, in the middle of it, she like started like doing something with her hands. And she, but like, and he's like, oh, she's starting to freak out. And then like, so she asked for like a, a pen and pad. And then, uh, so they gave it to her and she wrote, she's like, <laughs> I heart this. Like, it's just like, you know, and, and we were like, oh, okay. And you know when we pulled out the uh, the plaster headcast from the mold, I mean she had like this slight little smile on her face. I mean it's great. Like this just took us <laughs> some really relaxing Zen place. Yeah. And, um, uh, she, she was a lot of fun. Um, I worked on the headpiece and the tails. Uh, uh, Alexi uh, Dimitri, uh, the code department head, um, was he? You know, designed her and applied the the, the makeup on her beauty makeup. And he, you know, uh, he brought in um, the aspect of 3D printing um, this year, that year. And, and so, you know, we designed the the, hel the helmet piece that, you know, she was wearing, like all of her head pieces. Um, and they were, uh, he 3D printed them. And, you know, we got that working with uh, uh, Shauna over in the uh, costume department. The costume you you department probably had there. a few characters you worked on in, in her establishment. Did you have a hand oh, yeah. in Max Rebo at all? <laughs> did you help with Max uh, Rebo? No, no, no. Legacy Legacy Effects did Max Rebo, um, but we did. There was a whole all the makeups in there. You know, the team. You know, makeup team. We and, and hair team. Did Did Max it. Rebo get out of the explosion? That's what everyone wants to know. Did he did he make it out? <laughs> he, he made it off the sail barge somehow. Did he get out of Garces after the uh, pikes know. blew it up? Know. Who's gonna make it out of that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, oh man, I think Garces toast. But it, yeah, That's we, thing, though, is that we didn't see bodies. We didn't see bodies. Dies. Yeah, we didn't see bodies. All right, Brian. Well, hey, this has been a fantastic conversation. Uh, like I said, I, I don't want to keep you much longer here. Plus, I got to find where Nick disappeared to and, and finish the rest right. of this week's show. But it has okay. just been a, a pleasure talking with you. Um, Thank you. Thank you very much. If, if you just tuned in late here, we've been talking to Brian Sight, who is a Hollywood makeup artist, an award-winning makeup artist out there in Hollywood, a two-time Emmy and Saturn Award winner. And, you know, we just kind of went through his career, all the major geeky pop culture films, and, of course, his work on Star Wars via The Mandalorian. 
in the book of Boba Fett and fingers crossed, maybe uh, Ahsoka, but we're not going to press him on that. So um, <laughs> okay. again, sir, right. well, thank you. Awesome time well, talking you to you for, uh, for, you know, for the opportunity and uh, Spencer appreciate your time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll let Spencer <laughs> know to quit bothering you. Um, nah, no problem. All right. Thank you, sir. Okay. See yep. you later. Thank you. All right, thanks. Woohoo! That was awesome. I think I'm just going to leave uh, Nick sitting here frozen for the rest of the show. Um, uh, let me let me call Nick back in and, and we'll try to carry on with the show here. Hopefully all you on the live stream enjoyed that. That was pretty fun. Uh, I've been, Like I said, I've been wanting to get Brian on the show for years at this point in time so i'm glad he got in uh, sorry about that bat i missed asking about santa that that is a good that, that is something i probably should have done but real quick so we can con- continue on and we stop looking at frozen nick <laughs> let me see if i can call him back in here real quick um all right nicky buddy let's see if he's at the desk all right well i'm glad those of you on the stream were digging that i'm getting some good feedback uh, i'm just gonna see if i can get nick in here Uh, All right, I I gave him the high sign. Maybe he'll call in. Um, Hopefully he calls in because I don't really feel like doing another solo show. Uh, But I guess for now, I'll flip over to the... Now, let's keep... I I think we should keep Nick on the screen. How about about you in the the chat here? Should we keep Frozen Nick on the screen or what? Yeah, I think we do it. Uh, Okay, there we go. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep Frozen Nick on the screen if he calls back in. He'll call back in. Uh, but for now, let's carry on with the show. Uh, thank you to those that were able to join the live stream. Like I said, uh, pretty fun interview there. He, he was great, pretty open. And I think we got a, a great perspective on what it's been like to work in the Mandoverse shows. Uh, I love that he went to talking about fan feedback on some of the designs that we've discussed on this show. I love hearing about John and Dave working together. I told all of you, I told you John was the true visionary, but who would ever believe me? Um, So yeah, I'm doing a show now with just me and Frozen Nick. Um, Let me check Slack again, see if he showed up. Uh, (laughs) You have absolutely got to love our technical failures on this show i mean it is unbelievable how bad some of the tech is not on my end mind you and i am using apple devices okay i don't get paid but the shit just works all right that's all i'm gonna say here so let me kind of collect my thoughts and get back on track as we've been that was we went pretty long there about an hour and a half wow it uh, doesn't look like Nick is, is is coming back anytime soon. Let me check, see if he sent me any texts. Uh, excuse me. Sorry, I had to get that one out there. All right, I'm going to send one more high sign to Nick, and then I'll just I'll get on with, with things. Ready if you want to join in. All right, let's see what he says. He's probably like, fuck that. I'm out of here. I'm taking another week off, but um, I'll keep it up there. All right. So Brian Sipe interview in the books. He look, Nick looks like white Bill Cosby. I like it. So let's just, I'll get started with a little low hanging fruit, non Star Wars stuff. Oh, here he is. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. 
He's coming back. No more. I was just going to leave your frozen face up there if you weren't going to make it back. But here he is. Nick is back. Hold on. I'm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you've been sitting there. I had to, <laughs> on the interview because, I, you know, I didn't have time. I was focusing on Brian to, like, actually take your feed down. I just put our logo on top of your frozen face uh, for the rest of the interview. But hold on. I got to bring your audio back in because that was another neat thing that happened when you left because when I do this through OBS with Skype, um, I, I use your audio stem for you and the guests. So when you dropped out, no one could hear. Um, no one could hear Brian. Nobody could hear anything. Right until I remember, I'm like, <laughs> oh shit, Nick dropped off. I got I got to turn this back on. So all right, we're back. Nick is back. Bummer. You. you, you, you I mean, you, you got the. You were there for. Uh, you know 30 40 minutes minutes. yeah so you missed Uh, the back half uh, when we were getting into the star wars stuff but i know you'll watch it on the replay and you know we we went a little long so i'm just going to go ahead and kind of pick up with with our usual topics if that's all right with you my friend um welcome back hopefully you had a nice little (laughs) nice little trip there uh, to the to the bayou you know, <laughs> yeah, my yeah, fat ass. It was good being home. Got to see the family, eat some crawfish, uh, which is always fun. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just a short trip, but like it was the first time that really all of the family had been back together since COVID. So it was nice to get to see everybody again. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, well, he didn't miss much here last week. It was busy, but I think it was just a lot of me saying the same thing over and over again, just with a few <laughs> different words and phrases to kind of make it sound new. Um, but glad you're back. Um, bummed you missed the second half of that interview because it, it, it got good. I mean, he he was opening up about I kind of asked him how sometimes the negative fan reaction on, say, the Ahsoka makeup, what that does to him as an artist and the actors. And, and he actually had some good stories about it and, you know, it does kind of bum them out when they when they get that feedback and shit on. And apparently he was getting DMs and and hate through that over over Ahsoka. So, yeah, the uh, for wow. those of you that don't think the Star Wars fandom has any toxicity, I, I don't know. There you go. You got it right from... <laughs> Somebody who literally works right. there that, that is lives telling you it. that. And, and, and the <laughs> other thing sucks. I got him to speak on is is the John and Dave dynamic. And and he reaffirmed what I've been saying, that John is the fucking driver. He's the one that it's set in the course, and Dave is the encyclopedia, the yeah. the, the lore master. So for all you people want to know Dave Filoni save us, he is a god. There's no doubt about it, but you can't forget what John has done. Like John really is the impetus for the Mandoverse. Thank God yeah, he yeah. has Dave because Dave makes it better. I like I'm not taking anything away from Filoni. I just sometimes he he gets a little more credit than 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 the big guy does. All right, Nick. So uh, I know you'll check that out and, and give me some notes on my solo interviewing skills <laughs> after the show. But real quickly, uh, we don't have much time for piss off talk. You know, just recommendations. But I do want to talk yeah. about two films, and, and these are going to be very quick recommendations. And yes, they are recommendations. Two lightsabers up, and the first one I'm talking about is The Northman. Awesome period piece. Uh, it, it kind of has Braveheart vibes without all the lovey-dovey nonsense. It's it's pure Viking revenge, um, but with uh, kind of a true-to-form period take on it, meaning I think it's like the, the year 890 or maybe the year 900. And, and you follow Skarsgård, who 
I mean, I, I, I'm not saying I know this for sure, but I'm pretty sure the guy ate a lot of growth hormone for the role. He, uh, I read something that like he would eat like three hours a day or something like that. He would like the I, amount I, of food I don't care he what he's eating. He, he, <laughs> he had to have been taking some supplements too. Cause you just, oh, probably, yeah. you do not develop traps like he had in this show or that lean kind of distended belly without using <laughs> growth hormone or something like that. Uh, it doesn't matter. He looks great. I wish I could act like him, not as an actor, but I really want to go around with my shirt off acting like I'm a dog of war in a Viking berserker because that seems like it probably was the way to live back in those days. I mean, dude, I'm telling you, like they, they used to get around the fire and be like, like growling at each other with their wolf hats on. Then they just run and take out a Christian settlement and I don't know, it just looked like a lot of fun. So Northman highly recommend, especially if you like period pieces. And it's not just all gore and, and brutality. There is a an interesting little story there. The second one, which I kind of went to like, oh, th- this could be fun. But it ended up being one of my favorite movies of the year, if not uh, one of Nick Cage's best. And that is The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. I want to see that so much. Dude, That's- it is him and Pedro need to make more movies together. They are a dynamic duo. They're, they, they are great from a comedic standpoint. Uh, they're great from a, just an overall acting standpoint. I mean, these two are fantastic together. And it is the most meta movie you'll ever see. <laughs> it's making fun of itself, making fun of Nick Cage, and he's in it. it it's just, it's everything you'd want in a movie that Nick Cage is in about Nick Cage. It's, yeah. br- it's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking laughing out loud, crazy dialogue, but it actually has a fun little action story to follow. And in the end, I'm not going to lie, I, I, I teared up a little bit. Not for Nick I, Cage, I mean, yeah. not for Nick Cage, but for the message it's trying to tell where it's kind of like, you know what? In the end, family is what's important, not careers, chasing dollars, this, that, and the other thing. It's It's spending moments with your family, especially as we all age and kids want to move on and all that fun stuff. So this is another two lightsaber up. I mean, I actually saw Northman and massive talent in the same week. They're that good. It's worth the trip, especially if you're an a plus member like myself at AMC. All right. And Nick, we covered everything everywhere last week. And I know you saw it and you weren't quite as high on it as me, uh, but I still think it's uh, something worth checking out. Yeah, it's worth checking out. I just, yeah, I, I kind of got bored in the middle. Got you. Um, that's the I, only thing that I would say is like if they cut like 20 to 30 minutes of that movie, I think it would be great. But it really like, I don't know. I think they just got a little overindulgent at a certain oh, point yeah, in yeah. the middle I mean, of the you, movie. You, know, you got guys doing off the top rope butt drops on the butt plugs and stuff. I mean, it, it goes yeah. in all sorts of directions, but I, I still think it's one of the the more creative and more kind of straightforward takes on a multiverse. That's that's what I like the most. And the fact that Short Round and, and the Goonies kid finally came out of retirement and acted again. And he was quite good. Plus, Michelle Yeoh yeah. is another ageless beauty. I mean, just she's amazing. I love her. Hopefully, she gets an Oscar for this. All right. So, let, let's try to rapid fire through a lot of these to, to kind of keep the show at a decent length. 
I know we started early, so we, we do have a little bit of a buffer, but I, I also don't want to be here all night because my armpits are already sweating. And for the first time, and it yeah. feels like a year, I can already feel my bladder filling up. Yeah, we can kick through some of this stuff. Quickly. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them, it's just, you know, it's like, hey, this is happening. Here's our thoughts. But uh, to start, Total Film this week is they're kind of having their um, Kenobi load blowing, if you will. Entertainment Weekly has been doing it for the past month, dropping loads all over our faces about, you know, interviews and Ewan said this, Hayden said that. We're not really telling you anything, but we know you'll eat it because you're Star Wars fans. And now it's Total Film's time. But at least Total Film, Nick, they gave us some new images that we haven't seen before. And uh, the first one we're checking out, uh, we get, in my opinion, one of the most unique Obi-Wan Kenobi outfits you'll ever see in live action. Because if you think about it, in live action, we've only seen the dude in brown and tan. Right. Yeah. Um, so it, it 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 is a little. I don't want to say jarring, but it is odd to see Obi Wan Kenobi with some color. And uh, as as our buddy Johnny pointed out, it looks like he stole Boba Fett's or Jango Fett's tunic from Camino <laughs> when he visited him in Attack of the Clones. So I, I did yeah, like he that. He did have that kind of. <laughs> it's flat the same blue. thing, man. It's it's literally like like Johnny did like his own little meme yesterday. And was like, you know what? Johnny's on to something here. I I, I I I can go with this. I'll run with this. Yeah. So uh yeah, I mean it looks like th- this is probably his his work attire. I know the we've only had one trailer and we're supposed to be getting footage any minute or day now this week. But Nick, I believe this is probably what he wears when he goes to work in whatever town. I don't we don't know if it's Isley or what, but we saw him kind of you know, doing a ray, like cleaning parts he must have scavenged or maybe he works for a a junk dealer just to pass time and make some credits so he doesn't have to eat Bantha shit every night. Um, Yeah. But yeah, you know, it's cool to see Kenobi as uh, in non-Kenobi threads. You know, he's getting a a whole new style going on. Yeah, I'm really interested to see where this second picture takes place because it's like, Clearly, is it is this like downtown Coruscant or something? No, this this and a lot of this came out when you were uh, overseas. This this planet is the planet Dayu, Nick. It's a new planet that's going to be featured for the first time in Kenobi. It's been described as kind of like a, I think a Taiwan type of location, you know. Um, And and this is more than likely, again, everyone cover your ears real quick. I'm not going to give you the full spoiler, but we have talked about this because. People are like, okay, well, why is he here? Well, he's here because he's trying to rescue a very important person to the Skywalker saga, right? Yeah. Um, we've also, <laughs> in our Discord, if you want to join, I believe we have links right here it, on YouTube. Just look down below where you're watching our dumb faces on the screen. But we also have an open link on our Instagram link tree. So at Star Wars Time Show on Instagram. But Nick, this second shot... And, you know, I don't have it zoomed in here, but if, if you look almost right off of Kenobi's shoulder there, you'll see a almost like a silhouette of a character wearing a cowboy hat and a duster. Do you, do you see what I'm talking about yeah. in that image? Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. So we, we've had some people latch onto that saying that could be that's Cad Bane, Cad Bane. And then that's Cad Bane in the alleyway where we see the gun and, and Reva. And I'm going, no one truly listens to me, but that's OK. I've gotten <laughs> used to that. That alleyway scene, I'm telling you, and and you know me, I'm good on my word. If I'm wrong, I'll tell you I'm wrong. 
That's fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi holding a blaster, all right? That's enough. It's not Hondo. It's not CAD. And I'm not saying you people are stupid. What I'm saying is, just like last week, think about it narratively. What the fuck would Cad Bane have to do with cornering an Inquisitor in an alley on Dayu? It makes no sense. Same for Hondo, same for Han Solo. It makes no sense. I'm telling you, that is Kenobi, and they're going to have one of their first conversations that we talked about last week when I broke down Reva's backstory. She's a former Jedi who was trained to become an Inquisitor, who kind of fell out of love with the Jedi Order, getting taken away from her parents, getting conscripted into a war, and then being forced to choose between death or hunting Jedi. So she's fucked up, and Kenobi realizes that, but he also senses that... And, and Nick, we, we talked about this months ago. I think both of us said... There's a good chance Reva's going to end up helping Kenobi, which is going to end up getting her dead. Okay? And and yeah. that's been kind of proven now by making Star Wars. But I, I'll tell you what. In this shot right here, my friends, if you're on the live stream, if not, you can check it out on StarWarsTime.net. It's our coverage on the new stills. I can't say that that's not Cad Bane. All right? Just hanging out there on Dayu. Why yeah. is he there? I don't know. Unless he was involved in the kidnapping that I don't want to go too far into. Um, but I'll, I'll give I'll give those. They're like, ah, you know, look at that. That, that, that that's kind of a and he is like they, it's almost like they purposely kept that character darker because there's a dude right next to him who isn't as shadowed as that character. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I still don't know why Cad would be following an obi-wan kenobi who again no one should know that that's obi-wan kenobi right outside of maybe reva but hey i i won't shit on the fans too much i just i can't quite draw a line to cad being involved in any meaningful way outside of maybe like a a, a cameo or whatnot yeah it would be hard to imagine like who would hire him outside of the empire too because there's really the only other person that knows that he's still alive is well one i mean anakin skywalker so vader knows he's alive because he saw him walk away from mustafar and then yoda so i mean i guess you could say that like you know maybe kenobi or maybe vader like on the sly has hired a bounty hunter to just like just find him like yeah, no matter I mean, what it takes you keep an eye out you don't have to scour the galaxy but you know if you get word let me know yeah, and even then, I'm like, well, that's what his Inquisitors are for. That's what they've been doing for 10 years now. So why is he why is he slumming it with bounty hunters? If it's just all your bases. Yeah. If it's just know. Cad on the planet and, it, and it's like a cameo and, and Kenobi walks by and Cad kind of has a double take, like, I, I think I know that person. Okay, I could get into that. But if Cad becomes involved in any way, it's just, I don't know. I don't see the point. He kind of had his glory in, in Book of Boba. Let's let let's let let's let homeboy Forlom be the bounty hunter star, right? He's supposed yeah. to show up in this. So I don't know. Who knows? But as I, I as I said in our Discord, if if they're right, I believe it was uh yeah SW Black Series clips, aka Nova in the Discord. If they're right, I will I will honor them with the useless trophy of knowing Star Wars speculation. <laughs> I, am a, I, am, I am a champion myself, and I, I am more than happy to share the trophy with others. And then uh, last but not least, we got kind of a different angle on the Grand Inquisitor. And, and not that I was ever butthurt over this, but I, I do think this other angle, you know, he, he still looks fine to me. I think, I think Rupert looks good, and there, there's a little more of an egghead shape there 
I think, from this angle. What, what say you, Nick? Are you still ready yeah, to burn down the, the art department? I mean, I never cared to start with. <laughs> I know, I'm just, I'm just screwing with uh, you. Let me see. So, I mean, like on this one, it, it does look like his head does have a bit more shape yeah, to it than the first time bit. we saw it. So I don't know if, you know, this definitely wasn't like they didn't go back and make these changes after people freaked out. But I do think it's probably a more flattering angle of the shape of his head. I mean, I could I I think the one thing I could see is like, you know, give give the guy some yellow contacts at least. I mean, I, I guess I could buy into that critique. The other ones. And, you know, I brought this up with Brian and it's just like, you know, sometimes it is what it is. And he's like, listen, man. When someone tells you what they want, that's what you do, or you have to leave the show. He's like, if, if the director or the showrunner, that's what they want a character to look like, that's what we make it look like. And we sit yeah. there and we go, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, you got it, I'm here to work. Um, but I don't know, I, I, I think he looks fine. Fuck it, who cares? In the end, it's all about story. I mean, ultimately, it comes down to like how he portrays the character. Right. Like, not if his head is tall enough. Like... You know, and, yeah, and I mean, if, he, if he's like, like, "Hey, I'm the Grand Inquisitor," yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, "All right, you're yeah. an asshole, and you look like an asshole." But if if he's yeah. good, then who cares? Yeah, I mean, and it could be the same way too. Like they could have made him look just like it, but if the person who is doing it is acting it terribly, it doesn't matter if he looks like the Grand Inquisitor. It's a bad acting job. So yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, I, we'll get I, the I point. Understand. We know the character. We'll get the point. And by the way, his fate doesn't get resolved till rebels anyway so we we already kind of know the grand inquisitor's arc um today i i didn't get to throw up the post but they did release a few new concept art pieces nick i have it up on the screen now and you get a better uh better concept shot of kenobi's uh, tatooine gear and i'll tell you what if i was taller i would want that fucking jacket that is a <laughs> badass looking coat that they had Kenobi sporting as he was a kind of a cave dweller on Tatooine. Uh, and then it looks like you get another shot of him on the Opie, the train he'll be taking probably to Anchorhead, and then uh, a little shot of what is more than likely an Inquisitor shuttle. So cool I'm stuff. I'm sure there. that that, uh, that coat will pop up somewhere online, oh, whether you know it be official will. merch or non-official, yeah. it will it will be available. <laughs> I'm sure Eckstein will get the, the license right on, on her universe. I mean, she's definitely parlayed her her amazing portrayal of Ahsoka in the animated universe into a full-on Star Wars career that doesn't involve working directly with Star Wars. I mean, she's got her, yeah. her universe. She hits the con scene, which I bet she makes. What do you think what do you think an Ashley Eckstein makes every weekend at a con? So it depends. Like I've, I've heard different things from like this kind of circuit where like, so depending on your size, you'll get like paid to just to go. So like Kevin Smith, I think Kevin Smith said one time, he's like, look, they pay me $50,000 just to be there. And so then like, he can charge for autographs and, and that's he, all gravy. Well, but they also have like stipulations like you have to charge for autographs because the way that it came up is like some people were like, hey, man, like you're rich already. Why do I have to pay $30 to get a picture with you at a con? And he literally told him, he's like, look, that's con rules. If you catch me while I'm not at the table, I'll take a picture of you yeah. anytime for free. Yeah. So like it's just all based off of like your stature and how much people that like the con can make off of you. So sometimes if you have like an upfront fee that they have to pay you to show, they'll they'll charge more for your picture. So for like Eckstein, 
I don't imagine that she has like a very high upfront fee, maybe like a like a ten thousand dollar appearance fee or something like that. And her images, like pictures signed at her table, probably still cost you know, I would say thirty bucks, something like that. Yeah, because I I don't know if this is true. I don't know if it's just someone bitching, but they announced Ewan is is going to be at Celebration, and I think at the signing corral, which. You know, more power to those of you that, that do that shit to, to get pictures with these people. And then you're like, hey, look, I got pictures with them. We're friends. I, I've never understood that because they're, they're working. Like, they take the same picture with every other asshole in line. Uh, it, but I think they're saying you and it's like $300 to, to get a picture and a, I mean, a signature with them. It's like, whoa. But but you're yeah. right. I, I bet Reed Popper or whatever signature outfit is probably getting a, a, a percentage of that as oh. well. Oh yeah, they get they get a percentage of those autographs for sure. Like all that money is not going to you and guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I can't imagine that Ashley Eckstein's cost that that much though, because as beloved as she is by like people like us, there are other people who literally just don't know who yeah. she is or don't know why she's there. And pl- plus, she has that clothing line that I know does pretty well. And like I said, I think she does yeah. get a lot of the official. Uh, licensing from Lucasfilm because my wife my wife like like going back to what you're saying with this coat becoming official and one day you can probably buy it in Galaxy's Edge Uh, but my wife has it's like a a gin an official gin urso jacket from Rogue One when she I think went to like the water planet I mean it looks just like the costume but it also looks like a real world jacket you know what I mean yeah Um, there's only so much that you can copyright too in terms of like that style of like clothing because it is a relatively common thing to yeah. see. You know, you, I don't know if 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 Star Wars can slap a slap a trademark on a brown trench coat. So. Of course they can. I mean, they'll, they they've done it with regular <laughs> tunics for years now, but yeah. they do. It, it, it's funny, like it, you know, that stuff's expensive at Galaxy's Edge. Like the official robes or full on costumes. We we bought the Tross Ray one for Charlie, and I'll tell you what. It is worth the money. I mean, they are damn near screen accurate. Uh, but it's like, you know, I think back to my early cosplay days in 2002. It's like I would have killed to have been able to just go there and buy the official shit instead of like asking my mom at 21 years old. Hey, mom, can you make me a Jedi costume so I can go to celebration? Yeah, Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are they are looking great. There you go. One six shooter is he, he got tickets for Ewan's autograph. And you know, I'm not shitting on autograph seekers. It's just, to me, it, it seems like a life suck. You're in line forever, uh, and then you get there. And I know the, I know the talent. They're 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 being cordial with you and playing with you. But I just feel like in the back of their head, they're sitting there going, "Is it time for me to fucking leave yet? Can I please go home? When can I get back to the hotel room? Why did I sign up for this? Oh my god, is it really worth the fifty thousand dollars to be sitting here with these fat, disgusting people draping their arms around <laughs> me and having me wanting to do poses and stuff? Um, but hey, I, they are cool collectibles if you, if you can tolerate that and, and get them. I mean, we saw Justin's collection. I mean, he doesn't necessarily do the con stuff. I mean, he actually hunts them down on and finds them on location, but. Um, yeah, I just I, I think I killed myself in early celebrations waiting for the exclusive celebration store and being in line for six hours. I just I can't do that shit anymore. And I, I've never been an autograph person anyways. It's like they all half acid. Yeah. It, it just looks like 
poop anyway, so who cares? Uh, but again, not shitting on anyone others collecting hobbies and interests. More power to you. Um, I just I just pre-ordered my deluxe Bespin Hot Toys Luke. Like I need that, just like I need a fucking hole in my head. But here we are. <laughs> okay, so sticking with uh, Kenobi here. Like I said, Total Film is dropping. Well, Games Radar, who must be owned or they own Total Film, because they're essentially. Uh, vomiting up all of Total Film's um, content here. And uh, we got an interview with with Ewan, and I, I thought it was pretty interesting to hear him, him talk here. And, and I don't think he was bullshitting us, Nick. And, and this is in relation to Ewan saying that he was genuinely frightened while filming scenes with Darth Vader and Stormtroopers, like seeing Vader in full garb, Stormtroopers in full garb. And let's kind of find out why. All right. This, yeah. this is a bit of a long quote, so I may end up paraphrasing it here. But you never know. So here's Ewan on kind of working with Darth Vader, because you got to think this is the first time he's actually acted with Vader. Uh, you know, in, in the prequels, he was acting with his alter ego, Anakin Skywalker. I've never met Darth Vader. I had rehearsed this. No, I'm not going to do that. I had rehearsed a scene with Vader, but not with the helmet on or anything like that. When we came to do the scene, when they shouted action, he had to come from behind me. I turned around and fucking Darth Vader was coming at me. It was like I was six again. I never acted into Vader's helmet. I'd never looked him in the eye. It scared the shit out of me. I'm not joking. It gave me a proper jolt. That's how you know he's a Brit. A proper jolt. Proper. Yeah. When shit's yeah. proper, you know they're British. A proper jolt of absolute fear. I was like, oh my God, that's not acting. That's real. I'm really, truly frightened right now. And the same thing would happen with the stormtroopers. I'd worked with clone troopers before, but so many of them were CGI. I never worked with stormtroopers. And again, I was like seven years old. Because when you're actually faced with a stormtrooper with a blaster, it's like... Fucking hell. It's like an actual childhood memories of being scared. That's how deeply it's in us. I've acted for 30 years and I've never been genuinely frightened when I'm acting frightened. But I had moments on this that were genuinely quite scary. It's so funny. It's great to hear this because it immediately compares his experience with the prequels to now. Because like you were saying here, I'd worked with clone troopers before, but so many of them were CGI. And now on these shows, there is a distinct effort to make as much live action as possible. And you can see that already paying off just in the interactions between like the characters like that, that. It makes a huge difference when Darth Vader is standing in front of you and not a stick on a ball. Right that you're just talking into and that that will become Darth Vader later <laughs> or like yeah one one Tamara Morrison standing there and then you have to pretend there's 50 other and you're like you you yeah. soldier you soldier and he's just pointing into the ether like a like an asshole no, I, I I love hearing stuff like this. I mean, I, I would love to hear you and actually speak it because I feel like I could listen to that guy forever talk about Star Wars and acting in it. But I do think he's being genuine, and I think we will see this moment and we will see that fear. And it and it sounds like I think it's it's one of the leaks we've talked about where you know again you might want to plug your ears for a few seconds. Where I know we've learned he's on some sort of transport headed somewhere and he is being pursued by Vader and stormtroopers. And it sounds like for some reason he's lost his lightsaber. So he's truly, like he said, 
looking back on the run and you've got the big bad black armor guy and then his henchmen chasing you down with blasters and you don't really have a way to protect yourself at least the way you you know how to with a lightsaber um yeah so yeah i i I can't wait to kind of see this and if we truly get that that sign of like oh shit look at this motherfucker coming down getting ready to knock me out um but it, it is kind of fun to hear him talk like, yeah, I, I've never acted with Vader and now he has and he's never worked with stormtroopers and now he has and how he correlates it back to the the, the, the clone troopers. Just like, you know, we, we've seen their progression from clone to, you know, occupying force to conscripted yep. force all the way up to the First Order. So, um, I don't know. Like I said, anytime Ewan's talking Star Wars, it's interesting to me. Yeah. Um, the other one, we actually got Hayden talking again, too. He, he, this, this also comes from Total Film. And he is much, much better than most of these um, TV Star Wars show actors in terms of saying absolutely nothing but giving you something interesting to talk about. I mean, he, th- this guy, I don't know if it's from his days on the prequels or what, but he is pretty damn good at keeping things close to his armored vest all right so um first up deborah cho also came chow also came out and was like listen all that mall stuff you guys heard about that was reported on that's a bunch of horse shit as long as i've been involved we've never had darth maul in any of it dave did a beautiful job of telling that story already for anybody trying to tell a story in the middle of these two trilogies there were only certain elements that made sense in where obi-wan is With a lot of the legacy aspects, the decision to bring Vader into it was not made lightly. We're 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. Where is Obi-Wan's starting place? What has been important to him in his life? Anakin and Vader are a huge and very profound part of his life. We ended up feeling that he made sense in telling this story. And Vader casts such a dark shadow in this that to have Maul as well, it might be a little bit much. Yeah. She's not, I, I just didn't think that it would ever make sense to have Maul in this show. Right. Yeah, it, it's like, come on. I mean, as she says herself, that his arc in Rebels is choice fucking Star Wars storytelling. From start to finish, when he shows up again as like that crazy coot in that temple looking for a Sith holocron, literally fighting Inquisitors. Like, he, he is so crazy. I mean, no one wanted him around at that point in time. And he was doing it. I mean, he gave, you got to think at that point, he gave up Crimson Dawn to search out where Kenobi was. That's how much it was eating his ass. So she is right. We, we don't need to see it again. And y- you could never have Maul and Vader in the same series and it feel natural to me. It, it's just too much, too much badassness at once, right? They're, they're almost my, my one and two on the dark side. They are my one and two on the dark side. It, yeah. I think my head would explode. It, it'd be too much. It's like, no, <laughs> there's too much awesome evil to even comprehend what we're watching right now. Yeah. I mean, I think that the only thing that I would want to see, and like, this is what people have talked about for a long time is like, like to see a proper mall versus versus Vader fight. But I don't like, do you think that will ever happen? Will we ever get a thread that's played out either in cartoon world or live action world where we actually do get a straight up Maul versus Vader fight. No, no, I don't think so. I just, 
it, it would be it would be really cool, but you would have to really weave a story to tell why those two are fighting. Well, you know what, man? I mean, no, 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 I'm wrong because I, I, I was thinking about Crimson Rain. I'm like, well, no, Maul's Maul's been dead for like six, seven years at that point in time because Kira has taken over because last week I, I talked about how Vader through his his trickery and, and master planning ended up taking over a cell of Crimson Dawn himself and then pitting that cell against an Imperial cell because he didn't like the the Imperial commander and he's trying to clean up Crimson Dawn so he just had them kill each other. So I was like, well, there, you know, there's Vader mixing in with Crimson Dawn, but again, that's well beyond Maul's time. Maul's dead. Yeah, once you get there, he's already dead. I mean, it would have to happen in this time period. It would have to happen in the time between... Three and four, because by four, he's gone. Ball's already dealt with. He's gone. Right. So it would have to come up somehow. Like you know, we know that 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 Ball's ultimate plan was like we have to, we have to kill either Palpatine or Vader or both because if if it sinks into their hands, the whole universe oh, is yeah. going to go, or the whole galaxy is going to go down. So like he would still have to be at some point in his journey pr- prior to Rebels like hell bent on we have to get to i have to get to vader and kill him that's a good point nick because in i think crimson rain again when kira finally reveals her ultimate plan because up until she reveals her plan you're like all right she just wants to be the the queen bitch of the crime syndicates but that that's not what it is she's like no i'm doing all this to get rid of palpatine and vader they're the reason the galaxy's fucked up but she said that she learned about this, learned about the dark side from Darth Maul or oh. Maul at that yeah. point in time. So yeah, because yeah, Maul, because that's what he was saying to Ahsoka and stuff yeah. during the Siege <laughs> of Mandalore was like, look, I don't like, yeah, you know, we, we have problems. I hate Kenobi and stuff like that. But look, if if Vader and Palpatine take over, it's over for everybody. That is, I mean, it, like, I, that's why still it's that that arc that three episode arc the siege of mandalore is is another example of just choice star wars storytelling because maul sets all that shit up he planned all that to get obi-wan but more importantly anakin to mandalore that's who he wanted to come as much beef he had with obi-wan for that particular job he wanted Anakin there because he figured out before the Jedi, everyone else with with time to spare, that Anakin was the key to Palpatine fully taking over the galaxy. So that's yeah. why I love the guy. Yeah. He just he just couldn't ever get past his own rage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just it depends on what they do because like there's still some of his story that's untold before he reemerges. Right. Into yeah. Rebels. Why does he ultimately leave Crimson Dawn? What, like, yeah. What, why does he finally kind of any he he goes kooky? I mean, go, yeah. Go. I was gonna say the next when we meet him in Rebels, he's like insane. He's this like, guy right here. Like, if you're on the stream, I have a little three seven five version of him. He, he's like wearing that hood. He's got like a cane, and he's 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 nutty. I mean, I think yeah. some of that was was a play to soften Ezra to him, but he definitely his focus became so singular on Kenobi that his mind was more or less lost. I mean, there there, there was nothing, no other room in his headspace beyond his re- thirst for revenge for Kenobi, and it drove him even more mad than he probably already was after spending all those years on a fucking trash planet with, with spider legs. 
Um, so yeah, Nick, I, I mean, it, it, it would have to be during the Bad Batch era, the Kenobi era, uh, but I, I don't think it would ever come to blows. It would more or less be, you know, hey, Maul, you fuckhead, keep yeah. Crimson Dawn in, in line. You know, we, we let the crime yeah. syndicates do what they want as long as they're doing what we want them to do. And, and then, you know, you yeah. might have to check them, but um, yeah, I don't, I mean, considering Palpatine let him flip around the galaxy for as long as he did. He didn't care. He knew Maul was no ultimate threat to him anymore, so they just kind of let him chill. So I don't know why Vader and Maul would ever get mixed up, I guess is where I'm going with that way too long diatribe. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, I agree, but it's just, it would be cool if they did somehow have that Off meeting. Co- but- yeah, I mean, fanboy <laughs> moment, That that's that's a boner popper. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Um, okay, so that, that- uh, But yeah, I mean, in the same article- uh, Hayden went on to speak a little bit about his time in the prequels and stuff and how what he's doing now is just markedly different than what he was doing and what he was hired to do in the, in the prequels. So um, this was his, his quote initially. He said, when George Lucas had brought me on to the prequels, it was to play Anakin. He gets knighted as Darth Vader towards the end for a couple of scenes. Uh, and for a couple of scenes, I get to put on the suit. But my journey with the character was with Anakin Skywalker but the character as a whole, he's such a complex character, and now getting to explore the mindset and the emotional state of Vader has been a lot of fun. Who else um, can't wait to see this man come back to the screen playing Anakin Vader? Yeah, I mean, that's we were calling for it since Rogue One, since we knew that Rogue One was going to have Vader in it. But yeah, I mean, I never really thought of it as him kind of being shackled to Anakin Skywalker and not really being yeah. able to explore it's a, it's the a character. Good point. It is a good point. I mean, he had to play Anakin and, and sadly I, and I've said this a million times, it's why I didn't initially love the prequels or, and I still don't think his fall is fully justified just in the, the movies with the clone wars. Sure. Um, but George didn't give him enough dark moments. I mean, he gave him the, the sand people deal in his, his, I think Hayden's best performance in Star Wars was in the Lars family shed when he was like, uh, "Hey, Jim, Anakin's Obi Wan's holding me back." You know that. That's when I'm like, "Okay, I can see where this cocky ass kid could go to being a you know someone that commits genocide throughout the galaxy." Uh, but we we didn't get a lot of those moments. And, and Nick's right. I mean, he he was he's playing a different character. Anakin is technically. A, a, a full-on different person. Even Obi-Wan tried to sell that to Luke. Like, listen, Darth Vader betrayed and murdered your father. Uh, you know, he, yeah. he got very literal with it, but that that's what happened. I mean, it, it, when Vader was born, knighted, as Hayden says, Anakin ceased to exist. Um, yeah. But, hey, here's the thing you missed from last week, though, which adds even more weight to what, what Hayden's saying here. He... He binged the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels to prepare. I, I saw, yeah, I saw that. And that gets that, my nipple so hard, dude. I mean, that is like nipple yeah. inducing bones because that's what I, that's, I feel like that's what he needs. You, you need, yeah, just like I needed the Clone Wars to finally come around on the prequels, I, I think he needs that too. Yeah. And I think that one, James Arnold or or Matt Lanter, not James Arnold Taylor, uh, Arnold Taylor, that's Obi-Wan. Matt Lanter explored the character of 
Anakin Skywalker more than Hayden ever really got yep. to. And a lot of actors in that circumstance would just say like, hey, can you give me like the spark notes? Just give me the highlights. What do I need to know? And then that way I can take that into account in my portrayal of the character. But like the dedicate, because like, look, for us, like, okay, yeah, binging a Star Wars show doesn't seem like that that much work. It seems pretty enjoyable. But for an actor, for somebody who who is literally playing this character to sit down and say, like, I'm going to put my I'm going to binge all of this stuff, you know, hundreds of hours of of stuff to watch just to make sure that I'm prepared and up on everything I need to know about Anakin going into this and like the circumstances of his degradation outside of just what he portrayed on the movie. Like screen is actually dedication to his craft to like a higher degree than he needed. It's, it's, it's such an informed approach that he is taking or has taken. Obviously he's, he's done all this already. He already watched everything and already acted. But you, but you're spot on. I, I I think by doing that, he he now sees what Anakin was up to from when he stopped playing him in Attack of the Clones and then picked him back up in Revenge of the Sith. Because you know that that that's almost three years of a character's life that Hayden really didn't get to explore. He picked it yeah. up right as he was becoming a Jedi Knight, and then as he fell. Uh, so yeah. so seeing that. Just like it did for me, I, I'm I'm thinking to Hayden is like, okay, I, I get this now. I I, I I see how you know this character always kind of was skirting the edge, played with fire a few times, especially when things involved his his lady love. Uh, so I could see why he would make some of these choices. But it, then by watching Rebels, Nick, I think that 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 also is needed for him. Even though it's an older Vader than he's playing here, you know, he's playing 32-year-old Vader in Kenobi. He's probably, what, almost 40, you know, 38 or so in in Rebels, I think, something like that. I I don't know. Yeah, somewhere around there. Who gives a shit? It's all close enough. I mean, 38 to 40, because Rebels really kind of butts right up to the beginning of, like, Rogue One era and stuff like that. I think Rebels ended, like, still two or three years before the Battle of Yavin. Um, Anyone in the stream that's into that type of stats, let us know how far off we are. I mean, I know Ezra is, like, the same age or a day younger than than the twins. They were all born around Empire Day. But I, I believe Rebels itself, at least the last scene we see before the epilogue when, when Thrawn and, and Ezra get taken off by the space whales, I still think we're like two to three years out from Battle of Yavin. But I don't feel like looking for it, so I'm just going to say I'm right. Um, but what Rebels <laughs> would have given Anakin is, you know, obviously Vader's connection and relationship with the Inquisitors. Um, you got a little Ahsoka stuff in there. Uh, you got him interacting with Jedi and in, in, in Kanan and Ezra. Uh, so yep. I, I don't know. I, I like I said five minutes ago. I even more than seeing Ewan again. I am most excited, and we're probably not going to get this now until the end of episode two. If we do get that leak, uh, that rumored stinger, I am. I, I can't wait to see what he has done. What what he brought to Darth Vader uh, after all these years off, and then with his his animation franchise study. I, I just I, I don't know. It, it could be one of the best portrayals of Vader we've we've seen. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that given the hands that it's in with with Deborah Chow and then obviously with Filoni there kind of steering the ship or giving 
uh, you know, recommendations and stuff like that. I think that it's going to be maybe the best Vader we've ever seen yeah. outside of the original trilogy. I so. think the only thing that may be slightly off, and, and Hayden wouldn't confirm this or not, but, and I love the guy, he is our Vader voice for life. But Nick, you can't you can't tell me that James Earl Jones sounded like the same Vader in Rogue One as he was in the original trilogy. Oh no! Right, of something just, like his voice something didn't sound the same. It, it it just. I mean, it's the commanding presence of the voice was a little bit lacking, but it's also because James Earl Jones is nearly ninety years old. Oh yeah, I think he's ninety one, <laughs> yeah. man. He's not nearly. I think he's, he's ninety. <laughs> yeah, he's ninety one. You're, you're right. He's ninety one years yeah, old. The, so you got to figure for. 40 years ago, right? 40 something years yeah, the, ago when he was filming the first one, he was still like in his what late 40s. Probably. And he just had like the boom and the depth, like bah. the modulation of the voice is still yeah, there. I, I but can't just even, like, I can't even yeah. try to get that low. I'm not yeah, much of a baritone. I was a tenor in choir. Me, 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 me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I think that that could be the one thing that that might throw things off. But I have full faith in the in the team that that's not even going to be an issue. Uh, I'm sure yeah. it'll be an issue for some fans because all those little things are. Um, real quick though, an interesting thing. I asked Brian. I was like, "Hey, you excited for Kenobi?" He's like, "Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll check it out." He's like, "I, I don't." It's not John and Dave, so I don't I don't know really how it's going to be. But he's like, I know Deborah's over there, and I work with her. So um, it sounds like, and, and I don't want to speak for him, but it sounds like they have kind of rotated crews because uh, yeah. he was not on Mando season three, which could either mean there's not a lot of alien stuff, and it truly is just all Mandalorians in their fucking helmets, or they have fully rotated out departments which can happen depending on directors and showrunners and whatnot because even my stump is like yeah dude on on book they they almost wiped the mando stunt cast and brought in new ones um outside of latif yeah. and and uh, brennan or brendan for mando himself a lot of the stunts weren't the people that worked on mando s1 and s2 yeah. I mean, I don't know why. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure. Cause I remember when we were talking to Alex, he mentioned that like, you know, these crews kind of rotate out sometimes depending on who your creative person is and who your showrunner is and yeah. stuff like that. So maybe, you know, maybe Deborah's just got a working relationship with another yeah, makeup yeah. I mean, crew it's, that it's she's not personal. With. A lot of time it's not personal. It's yeah. just, Oh, yeah. if, if you know you work well with another department head, you're going to bring that department head with you on every damn yeah. project you get. A lot of these directors, James Gunn, Ryan Johnson, uh, even George himself, if you look, they find their crew and that's it. They, they stick with them yep. throughout their career for the most part. Um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe that's why Brian wasn't on Mando season three. Maybe it just wasn't needed because a lot of his work was you know, on, on alien type of characters. Uh, Ahsoka is what he won the, the Emmy for, obviously. I was trying to get him to confirm that he has been picked up for the Ahsoka series, but I, I didn't want to push him too far. And he's like, I yeah. don't know, you know, you might, you know, you might see. And he's like, I do think they're, they're <laughs> starting to, to shoot soon, so who knows. But here's really, to me, Nick, the interesting part of, of Hayden's interview here with Total Film. Um, so, you know, we've heard he's working with Ahsoka. Rosario kind of confirmed that probably on accident. It still hasn't been made official. So, um, they, they kind of asked him about the rumors of being in Ahsoka and here's what he said. And, and I think, I don't know, he, I think he's given us a little bit of a nugget here. 
The extent of this journey, I think, remains to be seen. But what a privilege to get to come back and do this and to be part of this project. So to you, is he saying like the extent of my return as Darth Vader um, isn't quite finished yet? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Because here's the thing with Darth Vader and the character of Anakin Skywalker is that it, it, it doesn't matter where you are in the timeline. He can pop in. He can be relevant. He can pop in. E- even if they chose to make a, a uh, series on, uh, you know, leading up to the, the sequel trilogy, he could fit in there. He could fit in so many different places because of his connection to yeah. the main characters across the, the length of the, of the saga. I mean, he could pop in as a force ghost yeah. or just his voice speaking to or trying to speak to Ben Solo. I, I, I was going to say, I mean, his, his grandson yeah. had God worship over him. I mean, he, yeah. he might have played Ookie Cookie with his burnt helmet at some point in time. Him and the Knights of Ren, you know what I mean? Sitting around... Yeah, I so. win, you lose, you got to eat the cookie. Uh, so, in, in, in Ahsoka, I, I still think he'll predominantly be Anakin. Um, I, I guess I could see them maybe doing a flashback to their fight in Rebels, which I think would be fucking badass if they gave us a snippet of that battle in live action. Uh, but I, I think he'll predominantly be used as Anakin, so that's why I'm wondering if, if he's talking about the journey of Vader... Unless he lumps them together, which is wrong. Uh, <laughs> I mean, is is the the potential of a Vader series alive? You think, or or do you think he'll just pick? A, he'll he'll kind of uh, be like a guest star, spread throughout other properties. I always thought that it would be like completely negligent on on the TV departments and. If they didn't at least kick around the idea, yeah, of like a, of at least Vader at least have a pitch suit. meeting, right? Like at least talk yeah. about it, because it's just like unless you really want to keep this character, which would seem odd to me, unless the TV TVN really wanted to keep the character of Darth Vader just like sacrosanct, you leave him alone, you only use him sparingly, like unless that's their take on how they approach Vader, then I don't see why you wouldn't at least talk about it because he is the crux of the whole saga. Like regardless of how, you know, how much he probably, you know, fell off in the sequel trilogy and how they probably could have used him more in there. Right. Like he's the crux of the whole oh, thing. Yes. I mean, that, that comes from the maker's so, mouth himself. The story of star Wars was always the story of Anakin Skywalker, at least one through six. Yeah. So it's, it would be weird to not, to not have that meeting and say like, okay, we have this Kenobi series, which essentially looks at the galaxy post Imperial occupation from Kenobi's point of view, 10 years of hell for, for normal people. But you could look at that in such a different way as like, it could be 10 years of like this tortured experience, but also you have to have like invaders mind also like, this was his ultimate goal. Like he's, he's, you know, like there has to be a few years in there where he's like, we have accomplished everything that we've ever if set out take, to do. Taking a victory me, lap. Yeah. Like me and Palpatine together did this. And just like 
the intricacies of not only what's happening in his mind, but also the 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 depth of the relationship between him and Palpatine, where it's essentially just like a one sided torture chamber yeah. of like Palpatine constantly. Yeah, see, I. Just Torturing him. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know how you don't pitch that. How much do you think Vader really cared about taking over the galaxy, or do you think it was a cover for his bad choice in killing his wife? I mean, I think. Do you think he just kind of like when was, he knew he fucked up? Do you think he just was like, you know what? I'm I'm a, I'm a loser at this point. I've pissed away anything good in my life, so I might as well just go balls deep into being a villain. See, I think that like the only thing that like that puts me off of that where like, he's just settling as for that as like a, as a backup once Padme died is that when he's on that platform on Mustafar and he's giving that speech to, to, to Kenobi, he believes there's himself. conviction yeah, he, in what he's saying. He believes himself. Yeah, like, and it, and he, you're right, Nick, cause it, there is, there's a through line in attack of the clones in that horrendous field scene where he's like, butt fucking that goofy Naboo, cow yeah whatever it was yeah yeah yeah, he kind of they're they're talking politics and he's more or less hey yeah i'd be cool if we just fucking told everyone what to do and they did it so yeah he he kind of always was a little bit of a a fascist if you will i think you're right yeah he had that those fascist undertones in him even in his like before he was a knight before he was knighted he was like hey you're right if there was a firmer hand we wouldn't be in this situation. But, I, but I'm with you. I think if we ever did, and I, I, I hope to God we do, I would want it to pick up almost day two of him becoming Darth Vader. Like, I want to see those struggles of literally he was Anakin 24 hours ago. Everything was going for him. It's going to have babies. He had, the, you know, one of the hottest babes in the galaxy to now he's locked in a fucking walking lung, like an iron lung. Yeah burnt to a crisp he has no original appendages left like he has no real arms left he has no real legs left Uh, he's on fire you know they didn't they didn't heal his skin right they were just peeling his fucking burnt tunic off and then they slapped him right into the suit they didn't they didn't like graft any new skin on they they kept him in permanent pain it was by design it was just Exactly. And I know some of the comics has, have touched on this, so there is, I guess there is canon if they want to pursue it. But to me, I think the most interesting time to get into Vader's headspace from a first-person perspective, him being the lead, would be shortly after the fall. Like his fall. Yeah. Because that's where I think you really yeah, no. get into his mind and, and the regrets, but then he gets mad at himself and, and deflects and blames Kenobi, and that you know gets the rage machine going, where the power gets going, and uh, forging his lightsaber, hunting down Jedi, getting fucked with by Palpatine. Yeah. And here's the thing is like Hayden's not necessarily in, in high demand. And I'm not saying that he, he shouldn't be. I'm saying that Hollywood has essentially blackballed him. And then True. after a while, he just kind of decided to take smaller roles, do independent film stuff like that, just to keep his craft up. But like you could literally, like you could run a, a Kino- or a Vader series from day two, like you were saying, all the way up until Rogue One starts. Like you could have, oh, like covering, yeah, like covering seasons. decades of time. Yeah, I like that. Oh yeah, you could have <laughs> you could have multiple seasons of it, and you could have it running. You could have the show that runs a season that runs concurrently to the season of Kenobi because 
those two sides of that coin would be so vastly right. different right. that you wouldn't even realize that you're watching something that's already happened. Yeah, like, no, it, I, it I would just you know what I think you and I we we kind of spitballed this before. We're like it, it would almost be cool if they did a Vader series during the Kenobi the during the Kenobi timeline, yeah. but from the Empire's point of view versus the Resistance yeah. re Rebellion point of view, and it would Absolutely. be a completely different show. It'd be like one of those movies where you see the end before you watch the beginning, and then you, you kind of see how you get there. But now we'd be Built seeing it from it. the dark side, and you know, Anakin exactly. instead of just getting a flash of him in the back to tank, we get like an inner monologue or a dream, dream sequence to see what he is thinking about as he's sitting in back to just to live another day. Cause as we found out Vader's every fucking day is getting torn apart, put into the back, the tank and then getting all his shit reattached just to start his day. You know, I get up, scratch my balls, take a piss, take a shit, have a green drink. That's my morning. Vader gets up, <laughs> Has to get his arms ripped off, his legs ripped off, put into a tank, taken out, put everything reattached, and then he's off to the races. So you know he, he's he's grumpy from start to finish for for good reasons. So hey, man, I think if we if you and I on this silly little show just speak it into existence enough, yeah. at some point just in time, manifest. the force is going It'll to happen. take care of it for us. So we'll, 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 it will we'll, happen. We'll keep stomping for a Vader, Vader, a Star Wars story coming to Disney Maybe. Plus in the year 2056. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> we'll be long dead, but that show will live on. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully that meant that, you know, Hayden isn't done just with Ahsoka. You know, maybe that means there is a potential of a, a Vader series or other potential for him to pop up around the Star Wars universe. Yeah, love it. Um, th this is a quick one here. Not much to talk about. Uh, it hasn't dropped yet because no one in the live stream has let us. But according to Making Star Wars, um, by April 28, we should get some new Kenobi footage. And it sounds like they're going to be like either 15 minute, 15 minute. That would be 15 second. <laughs> that would almost be too much. That would be nice. 15 second, either TV spots or full clips and, and making Star Wars made it sound like that some of the footage that's going to be shown is going to pay off on some of the stuff we've been speculating on based on his leaks. Uh, and then, you know, some official promo art made it out in the wild, but who gives a shit? It's just art and it's probably for toys that we will not be able to get until three years after the show has released. Because uh, that, that's kind of how we're rolling these days, Nick. Uh, for example, the Ahsoka figure, which shouldn't come out until 2023. A lot of people are getting it now in 2022 from a show that aired in 2020. <laughs> you know? I mean, Moon Knight, oh. it's, it's active right now. They already released all the action figures. It's like, why? I don't know how... Like, why are you so behind with Star Wars? I just don't it's get weird, it. It's weird, man, because they used to be on it. Like, at least, I think at least through The Last Jedi, I remember, you know, Toys R Us's or Target's having like a, it was like, I think it was called like Force Fridays or some shit where here's yep. all the new figures for the new movie, Rogue One. Go get them. And you could get them. You could get the Funko Sorry, Pops. You could get you the figures. Did I ask Sorry, you a question? I'm trouble hearing you. Yeah, because I'm not talking to you, you dummy. Um, <laughs> see, it's weird, but whatever. Uh, at, at this point, I um, I hate to even admit this because I, I feel a little bit of shame based on how much money 
I spent I, it's like the the enjoyment of collecting Star Wars figures these days is is almost gone the way of the Funko, which is a little scary, but could be a positive at least for the Haywood family hey, bank account. You could, yeah, you you know, you could take that passion that you once had. Now you have an open. If you do choose to move away from the collecting thing, I will say you would have open mind space to put towards something else yeah, yeah, something right. else that you find passionate hey, now nick as so. i say that and remember i just told you like 30 minutes ago i've pre-ordered my 365 dollar <laughs> hot toys best in luke so uh, it's not fully gone but like e- even the black series figures i think once i get this last wave that i've had pre-order now for weeks if not months i don't know it might just be done i, I just I don't have the draw to the toy photography, which was driving a lot of that crazy spending that I did over those years. And hopefully it comes back at some point in time because, you know, the kid's six now getting into more sports. So I'm, I'm, I have even less time. You know, we got yeah. gym Monday night, swimming Tuesday, lacrosse Friday. We're, we're already getting there and wow. it's only going to get worse. Yeah, so. I said, depending on the sport that she gets into, that she could get expensive too. <laughs> yeah. So. No, hey, Justin, I'm glad you're back. We haven't seen you in a few weeks. We got uh, SW Props, Justin Nunez in the live stream. Uh, yeah, we're not making celebration. It's not a money thing. It it When they changed the dates, it butted up against my yearly family trip to the beach. So that's yes. why we will, I will not be in attendance. Uh, I know Nick's got something to do too, so... Yeah, we, uh, we, we got, I, I we would, got I would love to go to sell. I mean, th- th- this would be the first time like we were at, we've been doing this for years. Cause when we went to celebration 2019, we had just started star Wars time show as its own thing. And, yep. you know, we did a live broadcast every day from the show. And, you know, I was mainly running into people that I knew from toy photography. Now it'd be like, Oh, Hey, there's, there's some of these people that waste their lives listening to us. Let's hang out. Uh, but but the swank that Nunez and Devin get into, I've definitely link up with these dudes. I mean, Nunez is at like some private Malibu beach house this week, just fucking hanging yeah. out like a pimp. So hell yeah, if if we were out there, I'd, I'd definitely be shacking up with those dudes because they got the connections. <laughs> that, that cameo money that Devin's bringing in these days, like I'm sure they yeah. they'd be picking me up in like a Ferrari or something. Uh, all yeah, right, he's got David. Yeah, making it. We're we're shifting out of Kenobi Zone, but we're sticking with Disney live action TV. Uh, next topic is on the Acolyte. All right, Nick, we got uh, some casting rumors casting last rumors. week that that kind of add a little, maybe maybe a, a bit more clarity to what this show could be about. Um, apparently, it's it's also not going to start filming now until October. Um. But the important thing here, Nick, we have two new character descriptions that popped up. This comes from the Illuminati. We always like to give credit to people, even though we would never get anything um, <laughs> like that in return. It's fine. We get it. We're black sheep. Or I'm the, I've made us the black sheep. But um, according to Illuminati, they came ac- across two new character descriptions for the Acolyte, which again is supposed to take place about 50 years before the Phantom Menace. So right at the tail end of the High Republic era. Um, with that being said, I, I would, I would imagine Mace Windu has potential to be seen in Acolyte, hey. right? I mean, yeah, eh, maybe yeah. not uh, if it's 50 years before I mean, TPM. It, when is no, cause he's human and he was relatively young. So probably not. Yeah. 
Unless he had extended yeah, no, life yeah, he, for some Right, reason. yeah. Unless he's like one of those humanoids that could live 200 years, like he's from fucking Numenor in Lord of the Rings. Then, yeah. I'm, yeah, exactly. No way. No way. No, he was born, he was born 72 before the Battle of Yavin. So 72 BBY. And he died 19 BBY. The, so, the math is already getting this too happens hard. Like two, this happens like 200 BBY, I think. All right, yeah. Fuck it. Like I said, I'm already like BBY, AD, BC, ABC. Who the fuck knows where we're at anymore? So, okay. (laughs) Uh, But like I said, the important part of this uh, update on the Acolyte are the new character descriptions. We have Paul, who is, uh, I guess they're looking for a 50-year-old white wild male. I got to read it as written. So whatever the hell that is, a wild male. Series regular, but only needed for season one. So I, I don't know if that's like, hey, it, this show's already getting a second season, but that could definitely be implied reading that description. The other yeah. one is Miri, which is an eight to 10 year old black female lead guest star seeking identical twins. Now, let me let me clarify why I think they're looking for twins. If they're looking for a eight to 10 year old, they're probably going to run into legal problems with how long they can use them on a shoot each day. Yeah. So that's probably why yep. they're going with twins, kind of like the Olsen deal it's, where one yep. one can act in the morning, then you bring the other one in to act in the afternoon because they can't work for, you know, eight hours plus. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Nick, do, yeah. you, do you think I mean, Paul, the character of Paul could be the maybe the, like a bad guy or maybe like a good guy that gets taken out at the end of season one? Or what, what's your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, that was my initial thought. My initial thought was like a like a jet, not necessarily a Jedi master, but like a Jedi knight that is out on missions and stuff like that. Maybe has a Padawan learner um, with me. Like maybe Mary and Paul are connected. Like Mary is a Padawan learner under Paul, and then Paul gets taken out. Yeah, like on a mission. Yeah, and mind and you, then, th- there's already supposedly a lead actress, and I hate myself, I forget her name. She's a very lovely looking um, black lady. Uh, but- Am- Amanda, uh, oh, her her last name escapes well, me. Yeah, hey, you fit- Amandla, it's A-M-A-N-D-L-A, Stenberg. Well, look That's at you. I mean, I was going to give you 50-50 credit on just the first name, but you know, you, you sealed the deal. Good for you. See, yeah, I that's, got that's it. why it's nice to have Nick around. When when my brain fucking hits a speed bump, he he's right on top of it. So yeah, the, yeah. these are, and it says it here. I mean, uh, Paul is a series regular, but only needed for one season. And Miri is described as a lead guest star, which means it, they'll be a prominent character, but they're not the series lead. It, 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 it's yeah. not their story. What you could, what, what may be interesting is if Miri is playing like a, like a, past version okay, yeah. of Amanda's character like because they put it as lead guest star which is odd because lead guest star usually is not a thing yeah, as you like say it's not even real you're a guest star yeah, it's not even real yeah. it's just you're a fucking guest but star if, you're in the cast yeah exactly so maybe it is something like that where she's playing Amanda Senberg's character younger, like in flashbacks, showing her training, showing different stuff like that. So, yeah, because we, I, I mean, we maybe. we don't really know dick about this outside of it is more or less the resurgence of the dark side within the galaxy. Uh, because yeah. during the High Republic, the Sith were, I don't want to say non-existent, they were just... Dormant. Yeah, they knew they couldn't fuck around with the Jedi Order. I mean, the, the Jedi yeah. during the High Republic have been described as peak pimps. I mean, they were everything. They were the fucking rock stars. They settled the wild, wild galaxy. You just, the Sith had no fucking chance in hell. 
no chance in hell yeah. if they would ever made themselves known. So it, it could very well be that the the main character might have been a, a a Jedi, and we're seeing her kind of being tempted by the dark side. And like Nick says, we could get flashbacks to um, Miri, unless you know Miri truly is a different character. But yeah, that that, that yeah. that's definitely a, a possibility. Paul could Paul could very well be the antagonist. You know, a yeah. I, I saw this, and this doesn't come from me, so don't accuse me of being a social justice hater, but one of the trolls out there was like, yep, Paul, 50 year old white male. He's definitely the bad guy going to get killed by, you know, women of color and show the power. I'm like, well, I guess you could think about it that way if you're a fucking troglodyte, but yeah, it's um, like, why? Like, I don't understand why that would be. Well, like because it's it, no, well, Nick, to these people that don't like seeing anything but white men, it's, oh, yeah, another white guy being the bad guy and people of color are taking him out to put the white man in their, in his place is, I'm is just what gonna they're put getting it that, at. Yeah, no, I get it. But what they also have to realize is that wh- white men in movies have been both the good guy and the right, bad guy forever. forever. <laughs> so. Maybe they, well, I you know, know just I changing know. one. I know. <laughs> I mean, uh, dare People we say anymore? We'll be, we'll, we'll get the, the woke label, which I've always said oh, just, no. just means you're an enlightened human. I mean, woke has become like a, a derogatory term over on the right. I'm like, uh, no, it's just, just means you're enlightened and you're not a, probably a closeted something or other that you just hate yourself and project it on the other people. But we'll, we'll leave, the, we'll leave politic so talk at that, moving back to yeah. acolytes. So, I'm excited for the show, honestly. I mean, this is the first time that we're really going to get to delve outside of like, hey, there's no, there's going to be no Skywalkers there. Zero. There's, you can't even yeah. pretend to have a Skywalker right. there because the first Skywalker wasn't around at that period of time. I mean, we have to assume unless like Shmi's line goes way back or, you know, whatever. I, I would think, but like, I mean, to you, Nick, it, the only familiar character should be Yoda because I would think a lot of the other famous High Republic Jedi that people are reading in the books are probably gone by now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of them are human. Yeah. I mean, Avis is human. The male, uh, there's like a a lead male human. I forgot his. Yeah, they're all, so either they're all human or they all, or, you know, they may die before they come around to it. And then you have the other Jedi that are on the council at the time of, uh, at the time of TPM, like who would be around there? I don't know how old Kiati Mundi was. Could he yeah, potentially right. yeah, have I mean, an extended lifetime? Stuff like all, that. All we could really guess is some of the Yaddle, aliens, some of the Yaddle alien Jedi might be around, but you would think the humanoids didn't exist at this point in time. Not that humans exactly. didn't exist; just they they were. They were still seeds within they, their parents' loins, is what I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah, they weren't about. born yet. So I, I would like um, to see Yoda, yeah. you know, a slightly younger Yoda. Maybe he's got a little more swag. Maybe he doesn't quite. I don't know. Fifty years before TPM, do you think he still has the cane? I mean, because he would be he would be clocking in I at almost eight hundred at this point, right? So <laughs> I think he does because I think the cane might just be something that that race has to use just for like normal walking because of like how their body. Yeah, their, their legs are so is. little. We've kind of seen it in Grogu. Yeah. Like, I mean, unless he yeah. jumps or gets force walked, their gait is like an inch. You know, they're like wee 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 yeah. wee 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 wee. Like their little feet are just scooting on the ground. They kind of wobble a bit. So that's a good point. That's a good point. So 
I'm with you. Like I said, I mean, a lot of people, they're not happy that Leslie Headland's doing it probably because she's a, you know, a, a, a gay woman. But I, I love what she did in Russian Dolls. I actually need to dive into the second season to see what uh, Natasha's up to. Uh, but I'm I'm with you. I mean, anything that kind of, and I'm, hey, I'm a Skywalker Saga fucking fanboy. There's no doubt about it. But anytime we can kind of step out of that and get away from it completely, which, I mean, what what do we have? Really nothing at this point. Yeah. Even the man, even the Mandoverse ended up getting sucked into the Skywalker Saga. So it's, it's in the Skywalker uh, yeah. Saga now, like heavily entrenched. <laughs> It's yeah, right. I mean, the, the acolyte truly could be our one, our one project or property that does not get smothered by the the fabled Skywalker saga and all its tropes. So, yeah, uh, I like so. that. I mean, like new stuff. Give me something new. I mean, I'll, I'll form an opinion once I see it. I'm not going to form my opinion based on the color of people or the sex of people. So. Uh, I'm with you. And, you know, hopefully if this report's accurate, they're going to shoot from October to May, which means we could be looking at a like a late fall release in 23 of the Acolyte. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited for it. One other thing that I'm excited for, Matt, transitioning over to our next topic is this new Star Wars game. Yeah. Uh, coming from. Amy Hennig, and for those of you who are unfamiliar, Amy Hennig is the is the mastermind. Yeah, she's the uh, behind the Uncharted franchise. Right. Everything about it too. Like she did, she create the yeah. character, or yeah, she created the character, and she saw it through almost to completion. She left um, Naughty Dog at the time uh, after she had started work on Uncharted Four, and like, there's a lot of questions about her departure was her departure essentially like was she ousted because they thought that the brass at naughty dog thought that like hey neil Druckmann and bruce straley who are the two behind the last of us were just like the guys and just let them do everything um but she yeah she was the she was the the master of the uncharted uh, video game franchise, which is one of my favorite video game franchises. Yeah, I, ever when exist. I saw this last week, because I, I I told you, I, I knew you were just coming home, and the the news dropped right before I went live. I'm like, listen, I'm just going to announce it, but when you're back, we'll we'll talk about this. And I'm glad I did wait because, you know, Nick Nick punched up the article, which which was kind of it was light. They didn't give us much. They just said, hey, Amy, working with Skydance now, which is working with Lucasfilm Games on an unannounced Star Wars project. And then a day later, over at MSW and some other outlets, which I'm just going to open that up now, Nick, um, his coverage, um, uh, a lot of these leakers out there are like, yo, yeah, this is this is going to be s- s- the canceled Star Wars ragtag that she was initially working on at, um, what was it, what are they called? Visceral. Yeah, Visceral. So go ahead. I, I mean, you know... You know plenty about this, but yeah, this ragtag game, and and I have making Star Wars' article up because they had a ton of of the concept art, which could very well, they're saying like, yeah, we've heard this, she more or less is revitalizing ragtag. Yeah, I mean, ragtag was going to be, and this new game is also described as an an action-adventure, narrative-driven, single-player game in the Star Wars universe. And that's something that that Matt and I have been calling for for a while, and that's been seriously lacking. And it's her strong suit. Like if you've ever played an Uncharted game, that's what they are. 
they are as close to video game cinema as you can get yeah. while still being playable. I mean, that's why that Uncharted translated so well to movie theaters and to, to big screens. But essentially, when she was at Visceral, that was her project. She was working on a narrative-based action-adventure game that was supposed to come out probably around 2019. It was one of the first projects that was slated by EA yeah, when, they, when they had taken on yeah, that's the Star Wars license. Yeah, I mean, like, this was almost announced from, like, day one. Like, once they, once they once the license was officially announced, they were like, hey, we have Amy Hennig from from Naughty Dog at Visceral, and they're already the, the working on this game. The studio that brought you Dead Space is going to bring you a Star Wars action-adventure game. Yeah! Exactly. But um, as with everything EA-related, it kind of fell to pieces, and they canceled the project in 2019. Um, so like for me, as soon as I saw this, my first thought was like, I wonder if they're going to take elements of that game and, yeah. and, and, and use it to build, uh, into, into whatever the new one is that Skydance. And it seems like they are doing that. Yeah. That, that's what um, all the leakers are confirming here. So it, it's going to be completely original characters set during the original trilogy timeline. And believe it or not, it doesn't look like if they do stick to ragtag, you're not going to be a Jedi. You're not going to really be a Force user. You're, you're going to be more of like a Han Solo-ish in this this character Dodger Boone, who was a, apparently the ma- the the main protagonist in uh, Ragtag. Uh, but it looks like he worked with a group, right, Nick? I mean, that you'd kind of be traveling with a group of characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, making I Star mean, Wars has all the art. We can just kind of riff on. Uh, yeah. I mean. It- if you look at it as like an ancillary or like a like a new take, like a like an uncharted take to the Star Wars universe, like you have to think that like Nate always had people he was running with, whether it was him and Sully, him, Sully and Sam, him, Sully, Sam, yeah, or yeah, him, crew. Sully and Elena. Like he always had a crew. So essentially they're taking that. And they're they're bringing it into Star Wars. And what's really cool about it, if they stick with the Uncharted formula, is they traveled all over the place in Uncharted. Yeah. And there's so much opportunity for a, a band like this, whether they be smugglers. I don't think that they would be bounty hunters. I think that like the the most likely thing for them to be is like part of like smuggling den or something like that. They're they're doing something in the underworld but it gives them unlimited options to go to so many different planets that either we've explored only in, in movies or on uh, animated shows or just co- like planets that we've never explored before. Like you have this huge open galaxy that you can use that is completely at your disposable for a narrative driven game where you have a group of people who are always on the move. And like, I think that would be such an interesting take. Like, I guess you could say it would be similar to um, what we saw with with Jedi Fallen Order, where like you are visiting a lot of different planets there. But like the level of exploration that would be available to you in a game like this, I think would be so cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, going back to MSW's coverage of of Ragtag and what they think this game is ultimately going to be. It's going to be set after A New Hope before Empire. Um, you know, the Empire's really clamped down after Alderaan got blown up and the Death Star got blown up. And you are going to be following this this ragtag crew. And, and to me, Nick, it's 
it would be like if if Han and Chewie had two or three other partners, right? Exactly. The, the, that type, the the very scoundrel esque, smugglerish. I mean, it looks like you're going to be working either for the Huts or another syndicate in in some form or fashion. So you aren't just the good guys and girls. You're you you kind of are in that gray anti-hero type of area. Is that kind of what the feel you're getting? Yeah, yeah. I mean, looking at the the concept art and knowing like what kind of character she was planning on for Ragtag, I think that we're going to see something like that. And what's really what I enjoy about it that's different than Jedi Fallen Order was Jedi Fallen Order, you were essentially doing everything in stealth. Like the game itself wasn't a stealth game, but by nature of the fact that you are a Jedi who has survived Order 66 meant that like you couldn't really interact with the world around you. Like you had to literally like go to a place and then try to just get out with whatever you needed without causing a stir. And with the, with the type of, uh, of characters that we're talking about here for this new game, you can interact with the world around you as much as you want because you're just a smuggler. Like you're just like 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 he listed here under the 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 Dodger Boone abilities and stuff like that. Fast talking charmer, forty year old male, primary protagonist, stuff like that. So he's gonna be like a charmer. He's going to be talking to these different people, building relationships and stuff. And I think that that is something that we haven't really seen from a Star Wars game in a long time. I was just thinking, man, I mean, we really haven't had a Star Wars game that involved. Well, we really haven't had anything outside of Battlefront. I guess that involves shooting, but I'm talking like a story game that involves third person, first person shooting since what? Jedi Academy and Outcasts. And even then, yeah, you ended up been, using a fucking lightsaber anyway. So you almost have to go back to what Dark Forces when you had yeah, a, I mean, like a purebred shooter Star Wars game. Yeah, I mean, you could say that the 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 campaign mode of Battlefront Two uh, was probably yeah. the last yeah, time I'll, that we saw. But I'll like, give you that. You know, I'll give you that. That was not the same. You win I'll this say, time, you young know. Nick. <laughs> it's not the same as like a full on game that's dedicated right. like single player experience game that's dedicated to that type of thing like you know the, the while the the Battlefront 2 campaign was nice it was definitely like attack on they were like here you go we'll give you yeah we'll like you, you said I mean it, what was it maybe four to six hours tops it, it wasn't yeah it wasn't really they, they, they didn't make Battlefront 2 for that they made that just to supplement and hopefully clear up any bitching from Battlefront 1 where they just gave you the the multiplayer. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I really do, just kind of looking over MSW's coverage, I, I, I hope this is, or a lot of the concepts from Ragtag that Amy has pulled them through over to Skydance and, and Lucasfilm Games. Who knows? I mean, if it's a rights thing, I still think Lucasfilm probably owns the ultimate right, so they can probably tell EA yeah. to go fuck off. Nope, we... We let you use the license. We still own any ideas you come up with because they're set in Star Wars. Duh. Yeah. So um, I do hope it crosses over. And this is something, especially because StarWars.com teased it last week, that this could very well be something that is going to get some play at Celebration. Yeah. Uh, maybe in a, like a cinematic trailer to kind of, you know, really get your, get those juices flowing down in the nether regions. And then maybe throughout the the video game expo season, which has already started, I think what PAX was last week or this week, and 
it's just going to roll into not E3, but you know, I mean, we're, we're there. So uh, we, we could start getting a little more on this, but with all things video game development these days, especially in Star Wars, I, I'd imagine we're still probably two, three years away, sadly. Um, hopefully just two yeah. from actually getting to play this. So there you go. As always, we'll yeah. we'll keep you abreast of any developments on what we hope is going to end up being Star Wars Ragtag. I, mean, I kind of like the name at first. I'm like Ragtag, but yeah, yeah, they're a ragtag crew of motherfuckers, right? And they're yeah. they're going to get their Star Wars on. Okay, so a quick one here, and this is just kind of a public service announcement, and it, it feels like it's it's taken a, a little while for this announcement, but. It looks like we're finally going to get the Disney Gallery, the Book of Boba Fett episode, which, you know, if you've been keeping score, anytime you get Disney Gallery, it's a nice little behind the scenes look at one of the Disney Plus live action series. So it looks like we're finally going to get the one for Book of Boba so you can see what those Vespas looked like on whatever rigs they had and how slow things were on star wars day so next week already believe it or not star wars day is next fucking wednesday um no right that's uh, crazy so one of my i was talking to taylor and and i was like oh yeah like this it's they announced something they announced like a new set of phone cases from case defy and like i don't have a great phone case now for my new one and i was like oh look look at these cases they're like all official star wars cases from case defy and she's like, when do they come out? And I was like, May 4th. She's like, Ugh, of course they come out on Star Wars Day. <laughs> she loves it. You need to get her a shirt. May the 4th be with you. Dude, no, she like, she, <laughs> she, I, she has a couple Star Wars shirts that she wears and stuff like that. And I did, I got her. It was funny because like one time she went to this brewery by our house. It's like literally five minutes away. And she used to go on Fridays to like work there, just like sit down, do some work, grab a beer, stuff like that. And one day she wore a Star Wars t-shirt and she got one a, of the guys she got behind the, she, no, she got a discount. <laughs> <laughs> one of the, one of the guys that was working there was like, Oh, look at that. You, you know, you fell into the, uh, you know, every Friday we give people discounts for Star Wars t-shirts. Hey, and look at that. So, but she never got it again. So like after that, I bought her a Star Wars t-shirt. It was like around like her birthday or something she like tried that. I was like, here you go, discount. you can wear this. And she tried, didn't work. Rejected. It was a different person, no discount. Yeah. So essentially he was trying to hit on her is what, what that discount yeah. was. <laughs> like, <laughs> but she hey, got you, free, it, she for got you, Star it's Star Wars, Wars Day, babe. Here's that discount. <laughs> How about those digits? And then Nick comes in like fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin and chugs a couple <laughs> beers and then stuns his ass. <laughs> boom yep so yeah that's how it went i'm excited i always like watching these you know it's kind of a i always love them and hate them because as i'm watching them i realize like yeah i made too many bad decisions in life i should have ended up doing something like this versus talking to my buddy nick in my basement but oh well uh, at least we get to watch some great star wars content (laughs) on on the small screen so uh, there's as nick said i mean like most contrived holidays or Hallmark holidays, as they call them, May the 4th has fully transitioned into let's try to sell some fucking merch day for Star Wars. So he's not wrong. I mean, any, uh, expect next week to be full of uh, announcements, reveals, and uh, knickknacks that you can collect and, and add to your collection. Um, plus, I don't know, maybe maybe we'll get, maybe they'll, they'll tease us with something. But according to those yeah. in the know, Kenobi footage this week, 
not maybe some next week within but, the within a matter of days yeah i mean like like i said msw is saying by the 28th this this shall have come out and the fact that we're at five o'clock on a tuesday it's definitely not happening today so um we have two days left wednesday and thursday to see what we get uh, but yeah, who knows? I mean, it, it, it figures next week, Star Wars Day is on a Wednesday, which means any of the big announcements that everyone gets excited about, we will have to sit on them until the following Tuesday. But that's just <laughs> kind of how things work at the uh, Star Wars time show. Hey, look at that. Bat right here. Uh, 2797 Studios on Instagram. They have a Star Wars Day sale plan. So Bat got the memo. Hallmark sent it down. You gotta drive sales on Star Wars Day. Go, go, right. go. Yeah, but ho- it, uh, hopefully that Kenobi footage shows up before next week. Like I said, by the twenty eighth is what I've been, what I've heard, what I've been told. <laughs> okay, man. Um, uh, we may have to pivot the fan segment because I don't think I uploaded any responses yet. Oh, I did. Nick, I just right, grabbed. Good. Five real quick <laughs> while right. we were talking about you it. You demand. So uh, I didn't say anything. The show will proceed as scheduled. <laughs> it's like strike that. From yeah. the record. <laughs> All right. So on to the fan segment, my friends. I know it's been a long one today, but we had a fantastic interview. If you're just joining now, make sure to scrub all the way back to all the way back to the beginning where we had Emmy Award winning Saturn Award winner Brian Sipe on the show for damn near an hour and a half talking about um, just doing makeup in, in Hollywood on, on big budget films and TV series. But now it's time for the fans. One of the only shows, hell, the only Star Wars fan podcast on the planet that dedicates time to its fans. Right. Too bad we only have a few, but they are great. And that's why we do what we do. So there's always two ways to get involved in the fan segment. The first one, as we're going to be talking about, is the question of the week, which happens every Tuesday morning on Instagram at Star Wars Time Show. Look for the prompt in our stories and the feed itself. And then the second way to get onto the Star Wars Time Show fan segment is our top five, which we'll be talking about here in a few short minutes. So, Nick, let me go ahead and get the. All right. I like. I got them all in one. I like post. how you did it. I like the way Nick's thinking. Wait, wait till you see this pick. This. I literally <laughs> like. I looked at it because I was like, okay, we're coming to the fan segment. Let me pull it yeah. up, and I panicked, and I was like, I'm just grabbing the first yeah, five. He, I see. He's like, fuck it, we're gonna do a bulk <laughs> screenshot here. So, uh, if you were one of the first few commenters, you're probably gonna be featured in the segment. So the you're, you're on it. You, <laughs> you got your time in the sun here, but actually. These people are some of the ones that that interact with the show the most. All right, um, you may you may see them around <laughs> in the chats. You may see them around in the comments sections of the of the Instagram posts and stuff like that. So not too bad that I pulled these. Yeah, these hey, like I said, I, I, I like the way you're thinking. We we needed it up quick. You got it done. So the question this week was is I guess we're not done with it yet. Would you have preferred Maul in the Kenobi series or is Darth Vader the better fit? So I always try to theme it to something we're talking about. So let's see what they had to say. If I can get the hell. All right. Here's Nick's balls. There we go. First up, Lima uh, four photos says uh, Darth Vader, the reunion of the two CW bros, Clone Wars bros, the reunion of the actors themselves and the overall logical path of the story. All of it 
just makes too much sense in favor of Vader. I wouldn't mind some sort of mall cameo, though. Uh, I can live without it, too. Um, so, would, would, yeah, Nick, I mean, would he, a cameo he, even be too much? I almost think it I don't is. Think a cam- I almost think it could be. I don't be. think a cameo would be too much if it isn't teasing something else. Ah, you know? okay. Like, yeah. If it's if it's if it's just a straight cameo where like he, like fucking Darth Maul is literally like walking down the street and you just see him in like a canteen or something like that, then no. He's but like fucking like passed cameo, out at a bar. Or he's got like hookers around his arms, living yeah. the, living that good <laughs> Crimson Dawn life. Exactly. But if it's a stinger, like if it's a stinger to set up something else, or if it's like a cameo that's like yeah. giving you breadcrumbs towards another project that maybe worked on, then I'm okay with it. I, I can get down with so, that. Yeah. All right, who's next? Here's my thoughts. Mythos Boba right. is next, and he says, Maul would have been awesome, but I think his storyline from Rebels fits. This one with Vader and the Inquisitors hunting Jedi fits much better and makes more sense, I think. You, Can't wait. You don't have to think, Mythos. We think for you, and we are telling yeah, you you're think. right. We think, too. Yes. So, there we go. We think sometimes. I try to. Yes, I'm not good at it, but I definitely give I, I give at least 50%. Yes. Um, Yinky0675 says Darth Vader. That's it. Short it two fucking Vader. point. Thanks, Ying. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Vader. Nothing else needs to be said. And that's right. Nothing else needs to be said. Uh, 2797 Studio. So, there we go. Bat in the chat says... As others have said, Vader is the way. Maul and Kenobi had their moment in Rebels, and it's best left alone. Preach. So he doesn't want to see Maul ever again. That's what I take from Bat's Die, comment, Maul, die. No more Maul ever. Bat's That's still offended the- over the possible Ray Park dick pick scandal. He just hates it. Yes, he can't, exactly. can't, get, can't get past seeing Ray's penis. can't have that man <laughs> back on the screen. Ray um, And then the final one. F Stop Rebel says, I think Vader is the right choice. We saw Maul and Kenobi and Rebels, and I loved every moment of that. I think it's the brothers' turn to work through some stuff, literally, <laughs> like that, yeah. or just story wise. <laughs> you were my brother, Anakin! Why did I God damn, I think it just ah! blew out my vocal. <laughs> oh, no. Good thing we're almost at the other <laughs> show. <laughs> Don't do that. But, uh. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. Look, I, I'm in agreement with a lot of the people here that we did get a good dose of, of Maul and Kenobi through Rebels, and I think that that storyline does stand well on its own. But I, I, I am still of the mindset that we could have a Maul either through line or single season whatever that really does cover him before we see him back in Rebels. Yeah. Like really delve into the Crimson Dawn angle and then what led him from Crimson Dawn exactly to where we see. I him mean, he Rebels. he was king shit. He was king shit. He mm-hmm. was doing exactly Oops. what he's like. You know what? I couldn't convince Ahsoka to team up with me so we could have ruled the whole galaxy. So I'll just stick with these crime syndicate idiots and and live like a king. I mean, yeah. I mean, he was even so, he was even wearing fucking medallions by the time Solo rolls around. Like he he was living the good he life. Was, he, I mean, he if you saw up. his his lieutenant ship is like one of the most highfalutin, expensive looking vehicles in all of Star Wars. So what do you think Maul was tolling around in? I mean, oh man, he had he was a king's king. So yeah, I mean, yeah. what what finally? I mean, I don't know, maybe. 
maybe events of this series, Nick, are what tips them off to where Kenobi is. is, is I mean, because remember, the whole point of Rebels was Maul didn't know where Kenobi was at. That's why he needed Ezra in the exactly. holocron. But maybe just hearing that a, a potential famous Jedi has been spotted and some think it's Kenobi, maybe that gets his his mind back into that that single focus on Kenobi again. And then ultimately he starts to go crazy and, and sets off on his journey. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, if they do it right and, and like you said, it's just kind of like a passing moment that has meaning. Sure. But I think overall, Vader is, is plenty Plenty badass for the Kenobi series, no doubt. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I All think right. it would be super cool. Um, I think it's going to be super cool with just Vader. I don't think you need Maul in there. No. Um, but if they do throw a stinger in there that sets up something Maul-related, I would be all for it. True that. So True that. That's, I mean, that's he- what I'll you know, Vader and Kenobi clearly have the stronger tie, but I'd say one of Kenobi's next strongest ties was the Maul, 100%. Yeah. From Maul's 100%. perspective, and, and that's kind of what Kenobi says to him as he kills him. Like, bro, I, I haven't fucking thought about you since I cut you in half, loser. You yeah, know, I mean, like yeah. You, you, you've been kind of you, out you, of my You know, you, you kind of upset <laughs> me when you killed Satine, but I'm I'm a Jedi. I'm a freak like that. I've I've learned to not really care about people I love getting murdered. So I honestly haven't given you an ounce of thought. And that's why I just killed you in one move because you're so fucking focused on being angry yeah. at me that I was just like, mm. wee, wee, you're dead. That was it. Uh, all right all right nick this week uh because you're here i remembered to actually switch back to the top five last week i think i got through two of the shots without it being displayed and the chat's like hey idiot we can't see anything it's like showing it's like well now you know what the uh, now you know how the podcast only fans feel like when we get to the top five so deal with it that's why we always try to give good descriptions of what things look like (laughs) yeah i'm like oh this is a great shot look at this look at that effect look at those colors i love this figure and they're like uh we're still looking at fucking skype or slack you assholes like all right yeah, it's like if we're not seeing it. I, I remember okay. this week. So here we are. We are at the top five. Like I said, your, your second way to get on to the Star Wars Time Show's fan segment. Throughout the week, I check for any tags on at Star Wars Time Show as well as the hashtag Star Wars Time Show. And I'll sit there and I'll share those out. I'll feature those shots. And then on Monday, King Nick sits down at his digital throne and picks through all those weekly features and chooses the top five favorites that is it doesn't mean they're the overall best they're nick's personal favorites from the shots i featured so my friend we are here for the top five star wars artists of the week covering 418 through 425 who did you knight this week this week starts off with at zord dot i think i picked him last week too with these fucking beautiful hot toy shots yeah i would say zord zord's been on a tear recently because i think i had featured him like a couple weeks back as well but i mean when you're putting out shots like this what we're looking at here with uh with grievous all four arms uh armed up with lightsabers ignited and then just standing menacingly over this sure to be dead clone trooper I mean, it was like the atmosphere, the coloration of the scene with the with the lighting effects of the lightsabers, the the shadowing and everything else is just fantastic. This looks like something out of a movie or a TV show. Just, just you know next what, level man? Type at, of at one point in time, I thought this was like a, a one six scale 
shot. I don't think it is. I think these are Black Series figures, and that's even more impressive because that that is a fantastic Grievous shot. And you got like yes. Nick said, Grievous is you know he's he's a spread eagle here, all arms out, locked and loaded with sabers. But then you have like a five hundred one clone on his back arm up like no you know that position like oh, i'm gonna get fucking cut in half but mm-hmm. as you said i i love the just the setup it's it's simple and zord must have a spot out on a patio or something where you just get a perfect thread of light that comes through the scene which not only lights the figures, but also provides that kick-ass atmosphere effect. You know, if I switch to the next shot, you, see, you can see what I mean. I mean, just look how those light rays come in and then the atmosphere uh, accentuates them. It, it just, I wish I could find a spot like this in my yard. They're either It's either too much sun or not enough to kind of get those light, that light ray effect. But when, when you can get those light rays going on, you don't need crazy ass dioramas behind you right i mean who cares that it's just a a black background honestly i mean the the foreground the subjects look so good with that natural light um i'm jealous of that of that setup there just beautiful beautiful natural light beautiful posing just even like the simple work with like giving some light reflections on the smoke from the lightsaber Mm -hmm. blades i mean just top top notch stuff from at zord.com Photography, beautiful. Work. Amen. Amen. Next up, we have at Mark Walker photo. He hasn't been in top five for a while, but this is a fun little shot here of farm boy Luke going through his record collection while sitting on his old beat up land speeder and just like putting on some tunes, man. Just listen to stuff. You got Dark Side of the Moon there for Pink Floyd. You got there's a Queen the album, Bowie, right? Queen Kiss. I think there's Beatles. a Kiss album down Let's there. See the Beatles too. down there. Yeah, David Bowie. Uh, I mean, just some good shit. Like you could, Farm Boy Luke had some good taste in music. If this is what he was putting on the the turntables and the in the Lars yeah, Homestead. Yeah, do, do you think Dark Side of the Moon is like an album that that Anakin left behind at the at the homestead so. when he went and visited Kleeg and his maybe this his was one of the things that that uh, that Baru who gave him it's like your father left this for you this was his dark side right. of the moon album don't tell Owen Very special or he'll beat me <laughs> i think exactly. i mean we're i think we're gonna see it more but by the time we see owen in a new hope he he is the grouchiest motherfucker in star yeah. wars like if i was luke i would have got up and headbutt the motherfucker and be like blow me yeah, right. I'm surprised that he didn't have like any latent force activity around him. Just like when he would get angry. Yes, at, exactly. At Owen, like just something flies off the wall, and they're like, oh, "I mean, he's, I don't he's know what force royalty. We we've deemed that. I mean, Johnson was yeah. trying to show us like, hey, you can be pretty prominent in the force without being tied to the Skywalkers or Palpatines. But now that's all ruined again. <laughs> so he yeah. was. I mean, he was. Anytime this guy would have dropped the load, he was probably shooting out ten or fifteen thousand midichlorians. You know what I mean? I mean, he is packed. <laughs> exactly. I just, you know what, man? Yeah. I I love bringing real world stuff into Star Wars, but I also love when artists like Mark Walker Photo take the time to craft those tiny fucking props. I mean, oh yeah. Think it's about how tiny awesome. those fucking records are, and he's got this the sleeves, the record, and the record player. I mean, dude, they they, yeah. they got to be like palm size, tiny. I mean, that that oh, figure's little. Yeah, that figure's it, yeah. only six inches tall. 
Yeah, I mean, it's impressive to get to put all of the work into getting all the set pieces, like you said. So, I mean, it was awesome to see uh, a shot like this yeah, from Mark. I mean, not even mentioning just like the setup and all the work that it took to to pose the figure sitting on the yep. on the speeder and everything else. I mean, that's no easy task top, top, getting top. getting these little plastic fucks to sit like that. I mean, it looks natural, but I guarantee you Mark was fighting that little son of a bitch. Like, no, I want you to sit this way and you cross your legs yeah. this way and then Luke falls over and then you got to do it again. Yeah. And then Luke falls over. And now you know why <laughs> I lose my fucking mind while doing toy photography. There you go. Uh, and look at this. We got we got Zord photography in the chat here right. too. Thank you, Zord, for sitting in on the show. Hope you Funko enjoyed. Zord, I, I, uh, I need a slice of that natural sunlight that you got wherever you're at. I, yeah. I, I love that little shooting location you got there. Beautiful stuff. All right. Uh, next up in the top five is at Alayton underscore photography. It's E-L-E-Y-T-O-N underscore photography. And it is a it's a figure that we rarely see. I mean, I don't know if you see more of them because you're looking at a much larger mass of photography than me, but but me, we rarely see uh, Asajj right. Ventress uh, figures popping up in the feed. Um, yeah, so when here's here's how across, things go. You're not wrong. Asajj came out a few months ago, and she was, she was kind of hot then. And, and, and that's how toy photography is. When a new figure comes out, you can expect to start to see a lot of toy photography shots with it. I'd say this month's muse are those people that have traveled to the future and have somehow gotten the Mandalorian Ahsoka figure. Because there has been a ton of shots last week and this week, which means a lot of people are getting her finally shipped, even though she's not supposed to come out until 2023. Who the fuck knows what's going on with Hasbro Distro anymore? But you're you're not wrong. Um, it's Asajj has not been popping up as much as she did when she first released to consumers. Yeah, I mean, and if you look at her, like Asajj is such an, a visually interesting character because of her face tattoos and because of all the accessories that come with her, dual lightsabers and all. And and I think that that. Elayton did a really good job of accentuating those things in the shot, even though it is a shot that is mostly focused on the visceral post-processing effects that Elayton did on the lightsabers. Yeah, I love it that. That, that saber effect's fantastic. Lightning. Yeah, like lightning arcing over the sabers, and then she has both of them kind of crossed in front of her, but still kind of like bringing out her form, the awesome... Um, I don't know if this is like the clothes that come with her, if this is like the soft goods. Yeah, that no, come that, that's what she looks themselves. like. I mean, she was a great release. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, I wish we would see more of this because it, it really does capture the visage and the personage, like the personage of, uh, of Asaz Ventures so well. And I think that that elatent photography did a great job kind of bringing her to life with this. She image. really is. I, I mean, to me, she's one of the most underrated Star Wars characters of all time. Uh, I think she yeah. first started in Tarkovsky's or yeah. how the fuck you say his name, Clone Wars. Yeah. Where she had a yeah. great arc with with Anakin. And, and I, I still love his Clone Wars because it, it did show Anakin again, his, his arrogance and how he would let that get himself in trouble. And she would always play him on that. And they had a fantastic battle on some random planet. But even then, uh, when she got recanonized in the real Clone Wars, again, a fucking killer arc. Count Dooku's mm -hmm. apprentice, 
who eventually gets betrayed by Dooku like a Sith would. And she goes back to her, you know, her family and her kind on Dathomir. And then that gets the, the, the genocide by Grievous happens. And then she becomes a, a bounty hunter and working with Boba Fett and then ultimately ends up kind of working with Ahsoka when Barriss is fucking things up. And it's it's kind of a bummer, Nick, that her tale kind of got written out in, I believe, like a, a book or a comic book. And I don't yeah, even, I don't she, know if it's she canon ends up or getting I, I believe she ends up dying in the Dark Disciple book, which I think is canon because it was written post acquisition and is not considered a legends book. okay um didn't she so, also hook up with a one of the jedi what's his name yeah it was um quinlan oh god is it quinlan voss it was quinlan voss yeah. quinlan voss yes quinlan voss yeah no i mean so, that's a character you know a character i'd love to see in live action right here this one right here yeah yeah easy like bring her into live action with such an interesting look, man. I think that that would be a, it would be such a cool character yeah. to bring in. I don't know how they would do it, but I, I don't, it, I mean, yeah, I don't I, even think, I think this is one they could do the makeup and fans would not fucking destroy it because she is no, mostly yeah, humanoid. I, I know her head was a little more oval shaped, but I mean, for the most part, slap on some white paint and face tattoos and you're off to the races i I don't i mean again i don't know the timing of her apparent death but maybe bad batch could she come back in then or she already been killed i don't know but either way i think she yeah she might be able to to make her way into bad batch so i do think but yeah i mean underrated character but but a good shot of asage from at elaton underscore photography indeed good stuff next up is at brandon seven two six seven eight um and this is a shot like when i looked at it i was like this looks like a pretty straightforward simple shot but i mean it just it's just crisp it's well done it has good detail in your background so what we see here are three like clone or not clone three stormtrooper commanders i believe because they have the, the shoulder pauldrons and they're just like looks like they're on mission maybe even like looking for somebody within an imperial facility I, I mean, um, but with, to to me, sorry to to, to step in there, but I, yeah. I almost I'm getting like the the Dayu vibes, you know that new planet. Oh yeah, with the coloration Kenobi. of the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the you basically what you have is like competing lights coming from the background. From the left side of the image, you have red light. From the right side, blue light, and it kind of just mixes to make this awesome like background coloration. And it does kind of give you, yeah, like Dayu vibes from the from the yeah. uh, images from Total Film f- for Kenobi. Um, I don't know. I mean, like this shot is just maybe it was just like the coloration in the background that really caught me. But I just thought it was like a cool. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, I, I believe this is the Brandon that sometimes joins the the stream, like one of our diehards. I, I'm not. I don't. I don't know for sure. I mean. It could be grief cardboard, or for all we know. <laughs> uh, but I think this is a Brandon that, that actually tunes into the show. And and to me, what caught my eye when I did the initial feature is you're right. It's it's the backlight, uh, especially mm-hmm. that orange kind of coming out of that open door. And I, I even like that whatever space age vending machine behind them. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I like. And that. Just, it just fits in universe. I mean, stormtroopers they look great. Uh, we all know they 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 suck at their jobs, but they look good doing it. So they look menacing as as all things (laughs) Imperials go. I mean, they, they might not be good at what they do, but they, they look good when they're doing it. Yeah. 
I, I, so, I mean, overall, the shot itself, really crisp, really nice. I love the yeah the background coloration. It's just good, good, good lighting all, awesome. all around. Just a well-lit well lit shot. And I, I think one of the troopers, the one, or at least where I'm looking at on the left side, I think that's the new um, Jetta patrol trooper. Because it's got that that bigger pack where the other two were the ones looking for the droids in the sands of Tat- yes. Tatooine. Indeed. Indeed. So good stuff. At Brandon72678 on Instagram. Good stuff. And then finally, last one of the top five this week is from at underscore re, R-E, underscore animation. No, nope, it's one of those multi yeah, uh, underscores. L- last week, because yeah. you weren't here, I, I I almost had like a an OCD moment with underscores. I could not stop saying them. It is weird. Oh, <laughs> like underscore, underscore, underscore. Uh, so many. I mean, people are people have to put a lot of underscores R- into their though, names. Ripic because- with the double underscore double? tan may be my favorite though. The old double, the yeah. old tricky double underscore. <laughs> the Bing Bing double <laughs> underscore right in there. Ripic so- Bing Bing Tan. Uh, so for for reanimation, what we have is an awesome shot using, I believe these are the Hot Toys Mandalorian figures and the um, and so figure we, arts, figure arts, figure arts. Okay, figure arts, Mandalorian figures. And what we have is our good buddy Din, full Beskar Din. It looks like standing next to Neo Boba Fett, and they're looking over a hollow table, and the hollow table has a beautiful projection of. Some planet, Earth-like planet, it looks like, and they're both just kind of studying the land masses of this planet. But it's just so well done with all of the background detail, like a diet, like the background dio, the full table, the light emitting from the table, making the diagram of the planet, and then just the positioning of the figures of both Boba and Din. I mean, just top-notch stuff. Look, you can look at you, all Din these years breaking these down, you're, you're like a professional toy photography reviewer now i don't even need to talk i love it because <laughs> you i mean it's just you hit it so all it, 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 it's just a well laid out scene i mean to me this was them meeting in the bowels of slave one before their their mission in the uh what season two episode eight of the mandalorian right exactly. they're, they're kind of planning yeah. the planning the uh, attack on Gideon's ship maybe they're looking at the planet where Bo and costco were at getting ready to to, to land there uh, but being a former i guess i'm still lightly attached to toy photography i do share shots every once uh and yeah every every (laughs) every now and then but it looks like you got the that that ubiquitous thing from nova revol as the as the background there like the one that i built or my wife built for me like three (laughs) years ago for father's day that i still have not broken down and will only use it in the in the form it has been constructed in and then you know that could be some cardboard there for the table, but it, you know, put even putting the jetpack up there and, and Boba's helmet adds to the scene. It's world building, my friends. Um, so yeah, I, I yeah. but yeah, to me, I went right to yeah. This is this is them in the Mandalorian planning out that mission. So oh yeah, yeah dude, it's perfect, perfect job, like portraying what a a scene would look like in the show. So at re underscore animation underscore the last member of the top five this week that's the end of the top five that's the end of our very special edition of the star wars time show i hope you all enjoyed the interview with brian i mean how will catch up on it again that's the first time we uh talked to someone since what like october 
yeah, I think it's we, been yeah, a I think while Neil, I know, I know Neil Ellis was our last guest because that his name was mm-hmm. still on the uh, OBS setup when I was prepping today for Brian. Uh, so yeah, it, 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 it it's been a while. I'm, uh, I'm kind of glad we took a break from that because I'm not going to lie. Like I don't get nervous talking to these people, but I get anxious. Uh, yeah. especially you know starting like sunday night i'm like all right gotta gotta get my research done gotta figure out the flow of this interview hopefully he can connect hopefully we don't have issues of course we had issues brian was stalling out nick dropped out but um yeah. we, we we got through it. and i i think i think it was a great chat because even at the end i'm like hey man i've had you here for almost an hour and a half he's like oh my goodness it's been that long which means he was enjoying. He was enjoying the conversation. So, um, Nick's right. He he's got some homework. But the rest of you, if you missed the Brian Sipe interview, I encourage you to check it out. It, it takes place over the first hour and a half of today's episode. Uh, again, he's an Emmy and Saturn award-winning makeup artist who's worked on everything from Star Trek movies to the MCU to Terminator to our beloved Star Wars, in particular, The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett. And Dude and his team won an Emmy for their work on Ahsoka Tano. So even if you didn't think it looked good enough, they got a fucking trophy for it. So get over it. And you do make these people feel bad, as Brian said. Listen to his words. I think that was one of the best parts of the interview was I got to ask an actual artist working on Star Wars who has had his work destroyed by fans how does that make you feel? And I think he gave us a very honest answer. So all that and more in the latest episode of the Star Wars Time Show. So let's go ahead and put her to bed, my friends. We know what to do if you've been here before. If you have not, it's time to dance on over to StarWarsTime.net. And why, you may ask? Well, because we want the traffic. But more importantly, we just want you to see our lovely little website that we spend money on and sometimes work on. But also, it has very easy to find and clickable links to our podcast platforms. And for those of you that like the live stream, our YouTube channel, which you can access right through the site, StarWarsTime.net. Scroll down, click on subscribe, or YouTube.com slash StarWarsTimeShow. We love you. Keep it coming. We appreciate the support. If you want to join the Discord, uh, I get in there and kind of chat throughout the week with, with some of the bigger fans of the show. Uh, we have an open link in our Instagram link tree. We'd love for you to join the party. And if you have, and you're not scared yet, or you don't feel too creepy, go ahead and try to bring a friend. Those of you that have been around for a while, we know. You've tried, and we do speak your names for it. Um, but, you know, let's, let's just keep casually throwing it out there. And it's celebration if you want to. Feel free to get yourself a, a, a white Fruit of the Loom shirt and write we love star wars time show on it and then starwarstime.net on the back i'll buy the marker and the shirts if you want to do it um, but yeah we, we just like talking with like-minded individuals about the star wars because there's always time for star wars time we don't call our show that for no reason because we always find time to talk about the star wars And besides, if you do listen to this simple little show with an angry little man and a wise young man, the Force will be with you. Always. (laughs) 